Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, and skeptic. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals. This isn't your grandma's RIA. No sales from the front ever and no smell of stale coffee, Ben Gay, or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about. RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done and I pick their brain for your amusement and hopefully education. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a like and share it across all the internet platforms, social medias, all that. It really does help. I really do appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments and you're not a total fucking loser, go ahead and reach out to me at renegadedetroit.com, renegadedetroit.com, or go to meetup.com forward slash investors, or go to facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You could follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Burgess, and if you prefer... Hello, YouTube. Go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. All this will be in the show notes and you can watch us there. Uh, they're not kept up to date on YouTube as of yet because video editing is harder than audio editing. So, and because this is America and the world we live in. As long as you just put Tommy and I's up. We're oh, good. We'll do that. Legal disclaimer. In no way, shape no. or form should anything that I or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment decision or decisions, that you contact an attorney and or other licensed professionals. Be an adult. Don't sue me. Show quote of the week. Time for the Renegade Detroit Investor Show Quote, where I try and pick a quote that sets the tone for the show and hopefully your week. And this week's quote, effort is grossly underrated by Gary Vaynerchuk. Effort is grossly underrated by Gary Vaynerchuk. You know you're fucking lazy. You're not doing enough. So stop making excuses. With that, further ado, let me introduce you to I my two Gary. guests. These guys don't make excuses for anything. Today, we have Mr. Tommy Desmond and Mr. Joe Delia. Mm. Tommy's a serial entrepreneur and a full-time real estate agent with Keller Williams. He's a team leader over at Desmond Realty Group. Tommy's a licensed builder and real estate investor with many rentals, residential and commercial, and is active with multiple real estate investor associations. He is also a member of the Zoning Board of Appeals for the City of Detroit, where he's infiltrating the belly of the beast, destroying bureaucracy when and where he can. I may have made that last part up. Uh, he's just trying to help out. It's very Ron Swanson-y. It a little bit there. Past business include printing and selling code to the highest bidder. Tommy lives and serves in Troy, Michigan, where he's married with three wonderful kids and for some strange reason loves electronic music. Mm. I don't, not, don't judge me. I have not, I'm not judging you. Yes, I you just, are. I'm just, it's interesting. You should reach out to him. Go to TommyDesmond.com, TommyDesmond.com. Hit him up on the Twitterverse at TommyDesmond. Go to BiggerPockets.com forward slash users forward slash TommyDesmond or go to Oakland County Investors.com. Also, have, did you dig all that up? I did. Wow. I also have Joe Delia, and he's a full-time real estate agent with Keller Williams. His partner in business is the better-looking and hardworking Renee, his wife. Together, they are well on their way, although you got in trouble last time, to $40 million in gross sales this year. Uh, we are not going to do $40 million. All right. We how close? We are going to do probably 33 to 35 It's not bad. <laughs> Fucking loser. Well, our original goal is 15 so. That's good, man. <laughs> 
That's a stretch goal. You go to thedeliagroup.com, the, D-E-L-I-A, group.com. Hit them up at 248-733-5812. Or you can send them an email at info at thedeliagroup.com. What do we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I have two stone-cold deal makers and closers here today. And today we were going to talk about lead generation and uh, Mr. Joe Delia corrected me. And we're going to be talking about opportunity generation. Generating opportunities, baby. Generating opportunities. And what are we talking about here with opportunities? So obviously we are talking about real estate here, right? So whether you're looking to buy a house, buy a rental, get a listing, set an appointment, mailers, all that stuff. We're going to talk how do you get your phone to ring? How do you get your email to go? How do you get in front of prospects? And maybe if we have time, how do you close them and all that? So without further ado, I'd like to open this up to what would be the ideal way if money wasn't an option? This is for someone serious. You're like, you know what? I'm going to become an agent. I'm going to join the the Delia group or I'm going to join the Desmond group and we're just going to we're going to kill how much money I need to spend on mailers. Or what does it look like? Maybe we start with an outline too cuz I know Joe especially is uh first in mind, right? You're really big on first in mind. So you you the question is if money wasn't an object, what yes. would be our ideal way of generating leads? Leads. Yeah, talking to the end, yeah. Opportunities. Opportunities. Thank you for the correction. There yeah. you go. It's kind uh, of a bizarre premise to start with because money's always the concern. Yeah, I don't right? know. Um, what Super Bowl ads? Like, <laughs> well, you know, some people don't have any money, so they're going to start door knocking and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I'm assuming that they have some budget, some reasonable budget as a percentage of their gross that they would be investing back into their market. Ten percent. Okay. Yeah. Ten percent. Ten percent is the model. That's yeah. a good number. No, ten percent is what you should be spending on lead generation. Um, I think for me and for us. It's focusing on repeatable opportunities. So someone who is going to either refer or close multiple deals. So if you're going to spend time out there trying to find business, why would you not be out there trying to find? If I can find one person that's going to lead to 10 deals or if I'm going to find 10 opportunities or if I'm going to go out and look for someone who's going to buy once, right? Mm-hmm. So, And it's not just... And I mean that in a short period of time. Obviously, if you pick someone up in the beginning of their buy-sell cycle, they're going to do it five to seven times. So, um, But I'm talking about someone who's going to buy on a consistent basis or sell on it or refer you to people who's going to do it. So that trying to find as many core people as possible. So you're really talking about two things right there. You're talking about the lifetime value of a customer. Well, right? the cost of acquisition of that client versus yeah. the, I mean, how many times? I mean, like when you got an in, like a, 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 an investor who's going to go in and they're going to be buying, I know several investors that I can ship them, you know, a handful of properties and they could just pick two, all right, yeah, I'll take these two. And the amount of time and energy that you're willing to spend on that client because they can you know they're going to turn into you know five six deals over the course of a year. Uh, you know the cost of the acquisition of that client's a lot lower than the person who's buying. You know even if they're buying a half million dollar house instead of five, you know hundred thousand dollar houses, the likelihood of that person buying next year is pretty high too comparatively. So, well, if we're talking about investors in general, because that's kind of the, the route it turned. Even though I don't think that's necessarily one hundred percent about um, that being, or even though that's not one hundred percent about. Even what I was saying wasn't 100% related to investors, although it does apply to investors, is um, 
that investors can take a ton of your time, but um, it could be worth it assuming they know what they're doing because if you present them with something, they're going to execute quickly, whereas mm-hmm. someone who isn't an investor isn't going to. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think that's the difference. The hard part with the investor world being an agent is who's real and who's not. You know, yeah, most of them aren't real. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, sifting through. And also the investor – one advantage of working with investors is they – uh, are recession insulators, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, because the more and more the market, so everything I have over 300,000 sitting, right? So investors are typically not playing in a $300,000 pool because it doesn't make sense unless yeah. they're flipping. But if the market turns, they're not flipping, right? Yeah. So, um, investors can present a nice, uh, shift opportunity because, I mean, if we could all go back to 2000 and don't talk about 11, it. <laughs> I mean, not even, not even the bottom, right? So, cause you're never going to buy and sell at the top or bottom. I was but 2011. Um, <laughs> and still pick up some deals. I mean, I remember in Royal Oak in 2011 being like, Hey, you know, Think about it over the weekend and get back to me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, yeah, today yeah. Today it's like hell. No. Think about it on your drive home. Yeah. And, uh, in the meantime, I'll be writing it up. I'll write it up yeah. for you, and then yeah. we'll, uh, yeah. just no, tell me true. to send. Actually, I think what you were talking about earlier, Joe, is maybe um, targeting people of great influence. Mm-hmm. Who, if you do a good job for them, they're likely to tell. They have a large circle or a large sphere of influence uh, sure. in their peer group. Or if you target them and do a great job for them, not only will you get all their future business, but you're very likely to get a just a shit ton of referral business. Is that what you're talking about, Joe? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Got yeah, some photo shoots going on right now that we're slinging, so that's not right. completely disconnected. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is what I'm talking about is um, <laughs> is is being able to generate opportunities from people who are either going to refer you to a ton of people, mm-hmm. um, retired teachers, for instance. I've gotten a ton of business from retired teachers getting involved in organizations uh, that have sent. I mean, over the last few years, just from Dog Rescue alone, we've closed, I think, $3.5 million worth of business, and I have some listings that are active right now currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so just focusing on getting involved in stuff that we're lots of people are where you can create niches um obviously everyone knows we have the niche that's quick and loans well you got more than one that's something that you and renee keep doing is you infiltrate groups do a good job and then mine that goodwill basically right that's oh yeah absolutely coming from contribution is the term that's yes, used a lot in, in keller williams so you're coming from a, a place of contribution in turn you get a ton of business as a result so now i go and i train uh new loan officers at quicken loans and i haven't seen the um the good repercussions from that yet but i will at some it's point inevitable, people start, yeah exactly yeah. i'm sitting in front of 20 to 30 people who, if they have no one else locally to send business to, they're going to send it to us. Yeah. Right. And that we already have a reputation there of a great reputation. So once these guys continue to assimilate up the company ladder, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even imagine what we're going to be like in a couple of years from now when these guys are hitting their hitting their stride. Yeah. So um, you did that with Quicken Loans, the dog rescue community, and it sounds like now you're getting in somehow with the retired teachers community. Well, retired teachers, I've always, um, even though my personality is kind of a. Um, I wouldn't say in your face is the right term, but maybe an abrupt personality. <laughs> I'll or say so. it. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's a it's a driving personality for sure. Um, I don't burn bridges, even though I don't purposely burn bridges. I guess the best way to put it. So um, I'm always stayed friends with people, even if they didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So and and so that's keeping relationships with teachers that may have thought I was a giant pain in the ass in school. But, you know, uh, your giant pains in the ass sometimes end up doing pretty well. So, so that's like more like you're working your power base. Everybody you knew, tell everybody you know exactly what you're doing all the time, work them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you just continue, if people see that you're trying to do the right things, they're going to fight for you. So we've that's had a, very true. We've had unbelievable. Um, I've got and you and you find enough A type personalities. Um, you know, the dog rescue world is a bunch of crazy people, as you and I both know. Yes. But at the same time, crazy can be good for you when you're in business because they'll be crazy about telling everyone about you and, and not zealots. really care. Yeah, yeah exactly. You yeah. know, and I just picked up the book Raving Fans. I haven't yeah, read it yet, but it's a great book. I, I know enough about it from other people talking about it. Though. Raving mm-hmm. fans. Who who wrote that? I, have I don't no remember. Idea. That's all right. We'll look it up and put it in the show notes. It's it's folks, it's a pretty famous sitting, book. It's sitting yeah. right next to my computer at home. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, that's very recently we've been doing the same thing as far as volunteer work with the city, and not right. separate we're from the zoning that. board thing. Like, I mean, we're I've been involved with this uh, Sharps program where we, you know, small stuff. I mean, it takes you know me and Josh went to a lady's house the other day, and it's just you know somebody's grandma who can't change her own light bulbs anymore, and it took a grand total of thirty minutes. But in the process of that, you come into contact with so many people and like I mean even if they don't turn into business there's no negative from doing minor I mean that volunteer work takes no time really out of your schedule and the benefit is huge to the community and at the end of the day it does put you in front of a lot of people you wouldn't normally have been in front of and it puts you in a light that gives them a reason to trust that you're acting in their best interest you're coming from contribution coming from contribution which is I think that's probably one of the coolest phrases Ever, I use it all the time. As soon as Sherry Swift told me that, I was like, I'm, "That's in my repertoire from here on out." So. Well, I like the the strategy. So you're helping somebody, and even if you don't get business, nothing bad happened because you're helping somebody. What's anyway. the worst possible yeah. case scenario? Is you it just, walk away and help someone? Yeah, yeah. that's a pretty good day too. Yeah, you, you don't feel bad about it, you know. Like so, if you do that consistently, though, it seems like you would not walk away for very long without. A couple birds in hand, right? I've noticed that with renegade Detroit investors. If you yeah. help people and you're honest with people and you treat people right. And it's the law of attraction. If that's the way that you're operating all the time, just by default, that's what has to come back to you. There's I no think way you, for it not and to. And you can't fake it. I mean, you have to genuinely give a shit about people. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And if you don't, you can't put up. I mean, so you just – you can't – you're it's not, not something you can lie long. about. Yeah, so yeah. you either – you have to be true to yourself. So mm. you can't just – you know, people can tell who are eventually fake people fail. Mm-hmm. So if you just have to, if you're not naturally someone who, you know, really cares about the well-being of others, it's probably not a great thing for you. No, you know, true. go chase fizzbos and expireds and hammer them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We're going to no, we do that. Too. We call them too. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, call them too. But that's probably a better thing than going and volunteering at the soup kitchen. Well, that's the know? 99i part that's still in there because you're you're 99i, right? Yeah, I'm a 99i. Yeah, if you, you have any eye a, at all? I do. I, 89 eye. There you go. Amazingly. Oh, that's yeah. right. You're backwards. I'm, yeah. yeah. I don't know if we've ever, you've never talked about those tests with anybody, so this might be irrelevant. No, to no, it's fine. It's your fine. Listeners. I, well, I, I got it from Joe, and Joe's like, you need to know this, you need to know that. So I'm like, okay, well, shit, I'll go take it, right? That's and right. Yeah. Having were. taken it, I also took uh, the Colby test, too. I liked both. I haven't it's done nice that one. Which one's that one? An explanation. Um, that one is not personality. It's, um, um, how you prefer to work. Okay. It's so it's slightly different. So the disc test is more of like a personality and the yeah, Colby test behavioral is assessment. behavioral assessment. Yeah, yeah. It's more like, like for instance, when I took the Colby test, it told me that I like to collaborate. And then I thought about it for several weeks and I'm like, yeah, it turns out I do a ton of collaboration. It's something I always go to. Right, I'm taking one rather. of those. I'm writing that down. Mm-hmm. Colby test. Yeah. <laughs> it's 50 bucks. Colby. All right, I need to do an AVA K-O-L-B-E. and a Colby. Anyway, dot right. com. The nice thing about it was it's nice to know why you are the way you are. 
it's nice to know that I'm a high D, high I kind of person and that sometimes I need to put the brakes on and come up with a better plan, you know? And it's also nice to know that I look like a maniac to somebody who's high S, high C, right? That, that I, yeah, I learned that. And, Which is yeah. my wife. So now I have a good understanding of why she looks at me like I'm a fucking maniac sometimes because from crazy. her perspective, I don't know what I'm doing and I just jumped into – that's my wife too. That's crazy. Yeah, the primordial yeah. soup of something, right? So it's it's good to take these tests and know. Um, but something else I noticed is you guys are also thinking in terms of years. Well, you're yeah, not thinking, you have to. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're looking thinking at, in terms of decades. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about as long as possible. Yeah. So, so for the listener, let's try and expand the mind past the month, the week, the quarter, and the year. And while we're talking about this, see if you can't think in terms of years it's something that was challenging for me to do um at first as as that's well. it you pissed him off he's gone he's that's, walking that's the end of joe he's had enough of this yeah he's hungry for pizza is this so. is this the informal podcast yeah it is it's so there's fine. pizza it's going fine. on the table and everything oh, yeah. yeah hell yeah oh, you can't eat you can't I, I can't survive jeremy likes to go on marathons we could be here for four hours <laughs> all right we're all gonna right. try and keep this thing under two so first in mind so, so when you talk it's about the, it's the golden pinnacle, the golden pinnacle, <laughs> that's it. That's the, the tippy top. That's the top, the apex, the apex. So when we think about first in mind or of mind, first in mind, first in mind, which one is it? Top of mind. Top is of the mind. One. That's the, Thank you. And we talk about marketing and we talk about business. What does that look like to somebody who's never done this before? So, so how do you market top of mind? How do you, how do you do that? Um, there's, there's a concept called force multipliers and what that essentially says and um, it's everything you are doing is uh, – and, and we haven't got to the point of doing that yet where we're at. And so the, the idea of force multiplier is uh, you're doing backtracked ads on Facebook. You're following um, – you're doing – you're following them around the web with your uh, Google Analytics and whatever else if they visit your website. You're mailing those people. You're calling those people. You're sending those people newsletters. You're door knocking them. You're holding houses open. You're sending them postcards of you're just listed, you're just sold. And when you keep hammering these people, they have no choice but to think of you. So there's another agent locally that does that by putting up giant billboards, right? So he's not necessarily uh, top of mind in a certain subdivision, but enough people are driving around and see him everywhere to think, oh, he's mm-hmm. a good guy. You know, he must be successful. He has a bunch of billboards. When in Reality, well, he is successful. He is but, successful. Um, you know, people. Those right. boards are expensive. People, mm-hmm. Eventually, if you're not if you're not fundamentally right as a person, you'll eventually fail, and I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. So, um, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, how many? So, let's say this person punch pull. Does this person get contacted in some way, shape, or form once a month, twice a month, as often as possible? Is it like a drip campaign? Yeah. So um, eight a, by eight, thirty three touch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are all fundamental concepts in Keller Williams, but. Um, yeah, a 30 Give me the Kool-Aid eight then. by eight. Well, eight by eight, you hit them uh, eight times. And when you initially meet the contact, right. they go on that campaign, and that's eight touches in eight weeks to kind of establish your your First your primacy in their mind. 
Is that an email or a postcard or all the it's above? It's a a touch is a uh, an interaction that could be a variety of types. It could like, be a handwritten letter. It could be a handwritten letter. It can be a you know a phone call, an email, just a contact. And I think that a lot of mistakes can be made if you just exclusively say, "All right, I'm just going to email somebody eight times in a row." That doesn't exactly do it. The multi touch seems to be more effective, you know, for me. So there's a lot of creativity in this. It could be a postcard, a phone call, a it text, is. a Facebook message. Uh, Sure. It's a touch. It's a contact. I mean, and uh, if you look at some of the the shooters in the Keller Williams infrastructure, I mean, they don't have to be giant formalized things. Like we have uh, E-Edge program that, you know, they were running really hard at Keller for a while, uh, has a marketing component in it where you can add a contact to an 8x8 and they've already got eight emails laid out that go out to everybody. Those are formalized things to say, you know, like this is how you reduce your energy bill. This is that. Some of that stuff, that's not how I do it because it's, uh, that's, you know, it's a little spammy to me. And mine are just a lot more personal. So like when I'll you know, meet somebody like, I mean, uh, a touch can be a call or an email the next day. Hey, it was cool to meet you at the chamber meeting that we just went to, you know, the, the, you know, as soon as you're done with that call, you drop a handwritten note in the mail. It's like, Hey, it was nice to meet you. Maybe we'll see you next time. Give them put a card in it. And then, you know, it could be another email. That's not anything relative to real estate at all. Just like, Hey, you know, there's this, uh, you know, mixer events coming up at ocean prime. Thought you should know about it. You're in this market or whatever. Um, it's just the fact that it's a community. Uh, and that seems to go a little further than just spamming them with, you know, oh, it's daylight savings time. Like, great. Oh, yeah, I hate that. I mean, you got, I mean, how many agents send that stuff out? Like, yeah. Matt Sutter, if you look at Matt Sutter's 8x8, who's another, he's one of the trainers and a producer at Keller Williams. He's got. It's it, a regional director, too. It, it's, it's, it's a super. Simple. I mean, it's just a a phone call. Hey, how you been? Like, what's your business about? I mean, they're really simple touches. They're not friend him on Facebook. That's a touch. That's not an aggressive thing. You know, that's but it's it's how people communicate now. So yeah, I might not want to friend him on Facebook unless you you probably shouldn't friend anybody on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, and the idea is, if you remember last time you and I were talking about good news calls. So the idea is, you're coming. from an informational piece, and the information is just an excuse to have another conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a one two three Main Street just sold for three hundred five thousand. I uh, just want to call and give you an update as the as the area expert, and just wonder if you knew anyone looking to buy or sell any real estate. I love it. So, so after the eight touches in eight weeks, what happens next? When they go on the thirty three touch, which is basically just uh, over the course of a year, thirty three contacts. Okay, so there's not a schedule for it or anything. So like the that? same thing because after that first establishment of your mind share, then you just kind of keep the momentum rolling. That's the theory, you know. And the model is, you know, is at a hundred and or one thousand nine hundred and sixty for a million or something. Mm-hmm. There's there's a goal amount that you've got to, you know, you're trying to fill the database that you're constantly touching these people, and that's what the business is is grooming this collection of people that you've got that you're constantly hitting them off until they think of you all the time. And it does feel really good when it actually, you know, when it works and then all of a sudden you get hit up on Facebook randomly by a guy you haven't talked to in two years and he's like, yeah, I see your post. And, you know, I think that's like really fun for me. I just got two of them today. I was like, "Ah, awesome. And it's cool because you get to like talk to people that Facebook for me, like I hate Facebook, but it's also really like one of the best ways, the non-aggressive way to just reach out in your friend circle and be like, hey, you know, what's up? How you been? I'm going to have to reform my Facebook uh, 
<laughs> yes. My Facebook ways. Your, your Facebook ways are rage. Rage? Well, I, I call it constructive criticism. Yeah, is that what you I call don't know it? How constructive it is. <laughs> I, or perhaps I, I, would, I would say maybe it's destructive criticism. I don't know <laughs> if you're building anything with that. Oh, I, <laughs> you need a strong foundation, okay? The, of, of rage yeah. and anger. You need rubble. You need rubble yeah. for the foundation, right? What if the. Yeah, yeah. Can't make concrete without any rocks. That's right. I'm just saying, you know, a, a picture of a, of a happy cat doing friendly stuff once in a while probably wouldn't kill you. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I need to post more dog pics. I kind of got out of that. Post yeah. More, post yeah. more doggy pics. So. You know, I did actually find a really cool trick on Facebook. Do you ever use their graph search for anything? I don't know. Well, you know the search bar, and you know. Okay, it, dude, you're like I, ten times smarter. Than dude, the rest you, of you us. take no. Okay. I this is a really good one. Write this okay, down. Just talk to people. You go up there in that in the in the search, and you type friends of my friends who live in city, Michigan. Really? And it gives you all of the friends that your friends have that live in the city that oh, you're shit. farming. Nice. And like over time, like I'm become, I added probably a thousand people from Troy that I don't know that are in the city, and now I've. Just these are now friends that assume they know me because I'm huh. friends with I their friends. I could probably find workplaces that way, I would imagine. There's a whole planet oh. of search tools on Facebook like that. And it took me a, a while to figure out that that's how they're phrased. Like they're phrased like – it's not like you go into a search and it's like you know Google where it's all these different drop downs. It's like you write it like English, friends of my friends who live in Troy, Michigan. And it's like that's amazing. And and every time you do it, and you friend more of those people, then you run the search again. It's going to be all new friends of those friends you just made. So it's like you slowly Add more friends. You slowly crawl through. Yeah, I'm at 3,200 people right now. Wow, nice. Yeah, that's part of like I wake up and I click through there. Yeah. yeah. So well, where are they though? Where are all those friends? Though? Are they locals? What I add is Quicken Loans employees and okay. family companies. Yeah. So. Um, that that does happen. You get a lot of downtown. those people. You get a lot of industry people relatively rapidly. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, you get limited at five thousand. It's, it's a low hanging fruit for me, and it's a no brainer. So if don't I don't focus my time on networking with, uh, you know, Mary who owns One Two Three Main Street, or am I going to spend my time marketing to and, and getting to know people who pre approve a hundred people? Yeah, absolutely. Right? No, so. I got I got a couple networks now with uh, and who live state locally. attorneys and and will and trust attorneys. Yeah. Those are like you said, they're like little grenades because you like you land on one, you build a good relationship, and all of a sudden they're a receiving vehicle for yeah. tons of other work. And especially if they know, you know, I focus, I do a lot of stuff with seniors and downsizers, like because that's my community. And that's like, you know, I'm in a lot of groups that are older in general and like knowing that they can, you know, some of these attorneys that they can send, you know, an older couple to somebody who's not going to try and rake them over the coals like that is a huge opportunity for them to not screw their client. Like, yeah. One of my niches I want to really work on coming up is family law attorneys and probate attorneys. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I already know the probate process. Yeah. I mean, why would you, why would you not? Why would you not send me your business? So you were, you were buying a lot of probate properties, weren't you? Uh, Isn't that your, when you were flipping? I've sold some. I haven't, I haven't flipped any probate. I don't know. I've, Jeremy yeah. flipped one of my probate properties. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. It was fun for me too. It was yeah. easy. <laughs> it was fun for me too. <laughs> yeah. Just found out what they'd be willing to pay for it. 
you know. Oh, is that the deal you were doing when we went day? shooting that day? Yeah. 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 That was uh, it. I made two grand for having Jeremy sell it. I mean, that's not a bad day. No, nice. it's not. I did a little bit more and sell it, but. For Jeremy to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it may or may not have needed a little rehab or no, so something like that. But um, one thing I noticed, too, about you guys is you're very intentional and focused about how you work. You tend to pick one thing and just focus all your energy on it till it's rolling and then you get it going and keep it going and then you add something else. It's because I blew a lot of money up front trying to do all of the things and that didn't work. Well, I think, <laughs> and, I think, well, and I think more than just that though is um, that you uh, were a part of a company that's the number one training company in the world. Yeah. So we're out there just following the blueprint that other people have laid. Yeah. You know, I was, I was telling um, our OP the other day, it's like him and the rest of these innovators have been, you know, clearing this giant path. And here I am just trotting behind it. Like, good job guys. Keep up the work. Thanks just, a lot. I'll just stay nice and safe back here behind you. You know what I mean? And uh, so I'm not out there. I think one of the best things is what I'm talking about on the agent panel is just getting out of my own way and just following what are proven processes. And that's where I really succeed is just, I am not a creativity person, but I am a go person, right? So I can go, just tell me the rules of the game. And I think I said this like multiple times in the last podcast, but tell me the rules of the game and I'll figure it out and figure out a way how to win, right? So that's what my big push is, is I just follow what other people are doing. So I'm not out there. I'm not the idiot who or I guess I'm too dumb to try and get in my own way of just thinking I'm smart enough to figure it out. And I'm just gonna. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. That out was there a complex and, thought. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. I'm not know gonna go out there know. and just randomly create something and think I'm your your analogy, Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I'm not gonna go out there and try to be Steve Jobs and invent the Mac computer. I'm just going to do what everyone else does, but I'm just gonna try and work harder at it, and uh, and then eventually I'll surpass them because I'm working harder at doing things that they're smart creating. So well, it's also you both like immerse yourself in it too. Like, I live it every day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to marry it, or else it doesn't work like the whole concept of part-timing this is not real i'm obsessive compulsive and if you read my personality profile and i know you are too is i just i literally i don't have a lot of brain power for multiple things so i just really try to do one thing i would agree with that i'm actually i figured out that i'm a that's a problem for me i don't do that and i should you know you're you're all over the place like are you guys maniacs when closings come like I'm a fucking maniac when there's a closing. What do you mean, like throwing things around? No, like everything. I, I well, I am incredibly anal by, I guess, the comparison of yes. like. I mean, when you have other closings with other agents and you call them and ask them things and they don't know, you're like, well, why don't you know? Like, or you're like, oh, I haven't talked to the lender about this yet because I, I left him a voicemail and I can't get back to him. I was like, well, go to their office. Like that, yes. that kind of stuff really yes. gets me very frustrated. See, I don't. See, at this point, and even when I was there, I'm actually the opposite. I just assume everyone else is doing their job, mm-hmm. and I just stay out of the way. But the minute I have to step in, then you know, then it's going to be a tornado. No, so. I'm just a maniac. I could, I could. I'm be less so than I used to be. I used to be way worse, but now it's like you know, I don't know. They, they, if as long if you if you did a bunch of if you did everything you were supposed to do up front, I mean, they, they, you're good. Like I mean, it, it's paranoid a little bit. You know, right before closing, but I mean, no. they go. They I'm close. the opposite. I, no one lives or dies in real estate. No, you know, actually, it's a really funny thing. Like, uh, you know, my buyer's agent who just left, uh, he told me, you know, when he first got involved, and he's he's like, he came from nursing, and he's like, he's like, you know, the one thing I really like about real estate is there's just no stress, there's no pressure, there's no, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, whatever. And I'm like, you know, I'm telling, wow, well, you know, you just, you have, you know. 
it's not really the way it is. There's lots of times where it gets tense. It's just, uh, and he's like, well, yeah, but not really. I'm like, no, there's times it gets really intense, man. And he's like, no. Well, I was a pediatric dialysis nurse before this. So when I say intense, I mean that when you get called into work and you're a dialysis nurse, then you go in and you've got a two-day-old baby in one hand and you run the dialysis machine with the other hand. And if you do anything wrong, the baby dies. Damn. And I just kind of stopped for a minute and I was like, yeah, I guess there's not really any stress in real yeah, estate. No, there's like no. <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be stress, right? But I mean, you have to just be able to see the big picture and step back and, um, you know, no one's going to die. I did notice that one of the, the cool. Goes back a day. You've been waiting 45 days. So yeah. that 46th day, the world's going to end, right? <laughs> it's like, shut <laughs> up. It's, it's true. I, I'm less of a maniac if I feel like other people are doing their job. And if I catch a whiff of weakness, I'm just like, I, I'm like a hound dog. I lose my mind, and I just – I feel like I, I don't do want to drop too. the ball on the one-yard line. Like I got it all this way, and, and in my profession, there's more to go wrong too, I think. Um, yeah, you've got a lot more to yeah be freaked out about. Yeah, we don't have as much of that outside of – because wholesaling is different. Yeah, and I think you guys have more of a professional network too, at least not, not all the time. You definitely have your share of dumbass real estate agents you got to work with, but – um, yeah, you also have some repercussions too. You can call a broker or something like that. But like, hey, what the hell's going yeah. on? There's yeah. nothing like that yeah, in the they care. world. Yeah, they don't yeah, care. if they care, cram yeah. me a river, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I will say uh, one of the things I've noticed that makes my stress level go down a lot more when uh, when closings are coming up is having a lot more closings coming up. Like that, you're not living or dying on each deal. That yeah, like when you've got like you know a bunch of them stacked up, and you're going to be closing, you know, whatever half a dozen times over the next couple of weeks. It's like, all right, that's awesome. Losing like, one or two, not not a huge deal. No, at that point. no. Well, I don't think it's about losing it. I think it's um, that you can always tell, and if you look them up, you literally can tell from the way people act and their verbiage and just their general manic personality. For the most part. And someone could – I'll hear a conversation and I'll be like, I wonder how much – who was that? And I'll look up their production and they're going to close eight deals this year. Mm-hmm. But the, all they have is But they're very busy. They're incredibly busy. Because they're obsessed <laughs> with every deal that they're doing and to the point in which they get in their own way mm-hmm. and when they could be out generating other business. And they're not relying on people around them to be professionals where when you're pushing any type of volume like you're talking about – you don't have time to be obsessive compulsive about every single deal. No. Right? So you've got to make sure you surround yourself with good people. Otherwise, you're just getting in your own way. And that's exactly what we're talking about on the forum is just surrounding yourself with people better than you. And whether that's allied resources or people on your team, I mean, they're pretty much hand in hand the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust those people that they're going to do their job. And then when they don't, then you find other people that will do their job. And for. deals die. I mean, it's, if, you're, if you're only going to do 12 deals in a year, it's very, very easy to have a perfect track record when you do 12 Deals. That's true. Because you just got a, all month to work on the one deal. It better be perfect. You know, like it's a lot different when you're trying to shoot for, I mean, much higher numbers. Well, I think that verbiage has, um, you know, there's there's a little bit wrong with it just in the sense that just because you have less deals going on doesn't mean your conversion rate is going to be higher from a, under contract to a closing. You I'm just talking about the stress level of like every every single thing needs to be absolutely perfect with like, you know, comparatively to like you talk to Perna or one of them. He's like, yeah, we have deals fall apart all the time because of X, Y, or Z. And it's like, you know, that's because the volume's so high. Just by default, you're going to have some who's, fallout who's because Perna? you're doing 400 deals Mike instead does of 120 million out of the Holy like shit. Farmington Hills. Yeah, he's, he's a That's crusher. Mike Perna? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for the people on the podcast, they might not know. And he's also really funny. 
<laughs> hey, that's a winning combo. $120 million in deals and funny. That's better than the alternative, right? Yeah. Well, I think your key point there was don't surround yourself with ass clowns, right? That's a key point competent, for life. Yeah, that's not a business people. strategy. That's general life principle. Well, right. Good you want to surround principle. yourself with talent. And if they're not cutting it. And they have to fit the right culture. And if they don't fit your culture and they're not talent, then they can find another opportunity somewhere else. And if you're starting at the bottom, be that opportunity for somebody, right? I think mean, if you're starting at the bottom, it, it, either be that opportunity for someone or know what you're really, really good at and outsource what you're not. So, Yeah, that's one thing I agree with completely. I, I've given up trying to become better at the things I suck at. No, it's just not going to work. I, yeah, I yeah. learned that recently. That's a great revelation. I swam up stream for like seven years and you don't get any further you end up further downstream <laughs> you're an opportunity yeah. creator that's what your personality profile is you need to go out there and be the tasmanian devil creating chaos all over the place and you have to find that ops person that's going to clean it all one of the greatest of moments of my life when i took the disc test and i realized like i spent like a year and a half trying to learn quickbooks for another business and like I hated every moment of every day and I'm like well I just have to do it because this is just the way things are I took that disc test and I was talking to Sherry Swift or somebody and basically this profile just like there's no chance you're ever going to be a good accountant and like <laughs> that's basically what it said like I was I'm like an that 80 90 uh-huh. 99 I and like a 2 S and C like it's all the amazing rest. you were a programmer I don't know how that happens you know I, I don't you're know you're 99D so stubborn you just forced yourself well you know what happened is is now I, I was never an, an incredible programmer I was a good programmer and now I'm because I still do development we're actually working on a, on a development project for a CRM that integrates with Google with a team at Wayne State but I know, <laughs> I know, I know that I'm never going to be a killer programmer. But I know that when I find programmers that are better than me, that they're really good programmers. So it's like a perfect kind of place to be at. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. But programming is not as linear as you'd think. No, there's and it takes a lot more abstract. Yeah, yeah, and it gets harder. So I don't even know how to spell abstract. So that's <laughs> intense. <laughs> So, so your recommendation is so if you did a hundred thousand dollars in gross sales, then you would say your marketing budget should be ten grand, 10, 10 grand right? So, following that example, if you want a hundred thousand in gross sales, I know that's not it should be way higher in, in just, GCI gross, gross, gross commission, gross commission. Sorry, yeah. yes, gross yeah. commission, right? And you're going to if you make that hundred thousand, you you want you're going to invest ten thousand into marketing, correct? into lead gen. In all honesty, opportunity if, you, if, you're, opportunity if, you're, if you're only gen. generating a hundred thousand in commission, then you shouldn't be spending any money on lead gen yet. This is my opinion. Really? Why? No, you can continue to market. You're not it. You're not a business yet. You're a job. Mm-hmm. So you don't market you're, you're for your first, job. Your first spending money when you generate a hundred thousand dollars in gross commission needs to be bringing on an admin. When you get to one hundred fifty, hundred sixty thousand in commission, you need to take you know forty to fifty of that and bring on an administrator. Before you go out, because your job needs to be out meeting people. I see what you're saying. So, All right, so I want you to look past that for a second, just so we can get past the marketing. But that was a really good point. Basically, if you're not if you're not making at least 150, fill in your team first, or even yeah, and then work on your pipeline because you're about to overwhelm yourself, basically, right? Or you're about to be the uh, you, you cap out, yeah. you cap out. So you cap out at um, probably about 50 if you're really really good. 60 transactions annually. That's a lot. 
yeah, yeah, for so one person to one do. Person, I wouldn't, yeah. yeah, I couldn't do that. So you become the bottleneck if you don't get help, good help, right? Exactly right. And, and when you're doing 50 and 60 transactions annually, you're doing a lot of things you're not very good at, right? Because you have to because you don't have the budget to bring someone on yet. So when you get to 40 and up, assuming you're at a fair price point, you need to bring on an administrator immediately. And it needs to be someone – and that first hire is your most important hire you ever can make in your life. The common mistake people make is someone who is a stopgap or your part-time person or your $10 an hour person. That's, Get the right person. That's the wrong, the absolute wrong. That person you're hiring needs to be the person who is better than you from the ops side. They're better at ops than you are at sales. Then they need to grow with you. And you might need to find that talented person early on. And to marry them. Career. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and to marry them. And have yep. a baby with them. Yes, and have a have a baby on the way, and then it screws up your whole plan of world domination. Is that is that official? Are you allowed to do that now? I didn't well, I don't know. I didn't say oh, anything. Oh, what? Put it on the podcast? Yeah, yeah I don't care. Right. I, don't care. Um, I, thought, I thought that was pretty, still it's quiet. Pretty, it's quiet, but it's not quiet at oh. the same time. Um it's just not been announced online, but well, guess, guess what? Yeah. yeah, the thirty people that listen, the three thousand people that listen. Know. I wish it was three thousand. It's it's more like the hundred people that listen, but growing yeah. every day. Yeah, there you yeah, go. It's great. It's a hundred people that uh, are probably in our circle. So yeah, um, hopefully a hundred winners. Yeah. Um, so long, long story short, is that ops person? But it's not just marrying. And my wife's a rock star, and she's a lot better than I am. But um, it's not just marrying the person. But if you look at all the other um, teams that have been able to accelerate at a fast rate, they all have done that. And that first person needs to be your empire builder. And that's exactly what they teach you in Recruit Select, which is a training program for yeah. hiring in Keller Williams. So that person needs to be an ops monster. And they need to be your future, not assist, not executive assistant, but assistant executive. So. Or get on a team that has a great ops. You know, maybe you're not. Uh, maybe your maybe your personality test says you're not going to run a team, but you could be an excellent part of a team too, right? Well, usually your sales person on a team is going to also be the same personality profile of someone who could run a team. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's going to fit the same behavioral assessment, uh, typically, at least from a disc standpoint. But that doesn't mean that they're actually able to execute on it due to a number of things. So um, once you're 30, you are who you are. Well, so, disc, disc profile. I mean, crackheads have disc profiles. It doesn't mean that right. like it's an indicator that yeah. you're going to win. It's a potential. It's just potential a yeah, personality so, profile. So absolutely. You know? I think if you if you aren't if you just want to hit the ground running, I, I wonder what my life would have been like if I knew there were such things as teams and I would have just joined one instead of starting one. Because I, if I could go back in time, it would have been a natural thing for me to be like, wow, yeah, absolutely. I want to do this. Let's go. Right. And instead, I've kind of like stumbled along and then hit hit the ground running. But if I could go back, what if I had joined Jim's team? Right. Where, what would my life be like today mm -hmm. when we're creating an empire at this point? But um, I could have just joined onto his empire right away and I would have hit the ground. Instead of making 13,000 two years ago, I would have made 130,000. Mm. You know what I mean? So, but would I have left and tried to create my own? I don't know. So I imagine you probably would have at some point, right? You're would, a 99 so. D. Yeah. yeah. You're going to start your own team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the sake of the marketing conversation, understanding that if you have 100,000 and gross commissions, you're doing other things, but just to keep it easy, you have a hundred thousand in gross commissions. Ten percent of that needs to be invested in marketing, so that'd be ten thousand dollars. How would you invest that ten thousand dollars in marketing? Because that'd be for a whole year, too. Correct? Let's let's add a zero. All right, let's Makes say it a, little a million easier. and a hundred thousand. Then, right? 
If it's a million dollars in gross commission income, you want to be spending a hundred thousand dollars on lead generation. All right, so don't shit your pants. Well, the single, the listener. single highest producing, the highest return thing I've got is is my dialer. I mean that for the amount of money that gets spent on a on my dialer, like I mean I, I mean it it pays for itself over and over. Well, let's again. talk about that. So what so what do you mean by dialer and how do you use it? And what's well, it like? I've got. I mean it's a. It's It'll a, give uh, Joe a moment too to wolf down some pizza. Go yeah. stuff that in there. It's. Uh, I mean it it's in. a whole phylum of uh, software that's basically uh, it collects uh, phone numbers for you and then uh, in sequence just dials them. It's a war dialer, you know, like you don't have to sit there and dial, you know, find numbers on uh, white pages for people and then plug them into your phone and call them. It's an auto dialer. Right. What's the name of it? The one that I use is there's a whole bunch of them. I use Mojo. All right. Why did you choose Mojo? Um, Well, I uh, initially I got it because it was the one that my productivity coach was leaning on and I didn't realize there were other options. Then uh, after I took bold – in 2013, which is a Keller Williams program, and they had given us Land Voice, and I got to try that out for a while, and I went back to Mojo. It was way better. Um, and I mean, it's just got a bunch of really cool tools. I mean, I, 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 I there's, uh, you could pay for lead generation right off of it, where, you know, like you can, uh, draw a box around a geographic space and hit, get all the numbers, and it'll just harvest all the phone numbers that are for that space. Powerful. Uh, also, there's a expired listing system that I pay into. There's some others too. There's a reverse lookup. There's a, a FISBO one, a for sale by owner one that uh, I don't use that. Uh, How much just, are you spending on Mojo? You know, there's a couple versions of it. One is a single line dialer where it's just one line calling out, and that's 89 bucks a month. The other one is a triple line dialer where it calls three numbers at the same time, and then whichever one picks up first is the one it puts you on the phone with and uh i've because when you call like you just dial the number you logged into the mojo system for an hour and a half two hours how long you're calling and that's the only phone call you make is that one the rest of it does all it does all the connecting for you on the other end and you just wait until a person's on the other end of the phone basically that's amazing. They actually, have five line dialers too, right? now. They have five. I, I, I've got not Mojo, but um, other ones are. She's the market's five line. I've been using. Uh, I have a triple line dialer, and I one of our big pushes right now is to just have it always be in use. You know, so we've got time booked out between the admin and my buyer's agent now who are they're just constantly if i'm not, i use it in the morning first and i go after the listings expires and stuff and then after that you know they take it over and use it because we're, we're just going to start adding at additional accounts to it now but like you know until it's i just want that thing maxed out and it's like i mean it's like nothing it's like 150 bucks a month or something like that that's it it's super cheap and like, just dial and it just that sounds dials. like something great for somebody just getting started, right? It's, it would be the first thing ever that you should, yeah. Well, I, it's not just you don't have to use it just for real estate. You can, well, it can be real estate, but like if I was to translate it into your world, mm-hmm. um, responders on for addresses, and if they if they're just addresses that you have in your database, you can use Land Voice send mm-hmm. it to them, and they'll pull public record numbers, and you sure. can dial through those old leads that you yeah. may have. That I didn't even think about that. That's amazing. Oh yeah, there's tons of that stuff. You could use this probably for just about any. Sort of sales, right? You do use well, it. I use it for. We have a couple different things that we do with it. Yeah, it's well, in addition to real you estate. Can do too. You can take phone numbers um, that you have in your database, data bank, um, and 
upload that into Facebook to run trackback ads on these people and follow them around if they're on Facebook and all kinds of things. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of really cool things you can do with your data bank in, in regarding to whether you're calling it or whether you can upload it in the Mojo and Triple Line Dial it. You can follow them on Facebook. You can be mailing those people. Like I know you you guys are big on mailers. With yeah, those I like mailing. Stuff, yeah. So. I like warm but you can. You can do you can do all that stuff, and then uh, the force multiplier. You'll be hitting them in multiple aspects. So uh, hopefully they sell. I just think cool sailing is so difficult. I mean, I know, I know, I know. I, I I understand it. I just think it's so difficult because you're double ending every single deal. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's a lot of that's a tough market. I would want to. I've I've done it a handful of times only because it was like, hey, this is a deal that I don't want to do because it's not in my area, but it's an investor deal, and then you like you get rid of it. But it's only just because it's a result. I'm not. It's not intrinsic to the business. It's just a result of having a lead. I'm going to do something else with. I wouldn't. Right. It's an extra stream of income. For yeah. You can't seize it yourself. Yeah. You can also make a hell of a lot more than six percent, though. Too. I mean, you can mm. you can make. Oh yeah, you can make stupid money. I know yeah. Comper just took a deal down for like fifty grand or something. So yeah, no, you can do. Day. Yeah, you can do I, big. It's had rare fifty grand days. It's, it's hard to make it. It's hard to make it systemic <laughs> though. Like you can't wholesaling. Like that every deal is so different. It's hard to make that into a repeatable system where it's like every time. And that's like, I guess that's what you've already done, and that's what I'm working on doing. Is I just want everything to be systemic. So every time, you know, all right, listing if lead if comes if in, go to listing appointment. Listing appointment done exactly the same way every time. Because the more you reduce those variables, the tighter you can determine what your conversions are because it's the only variable that's changing is the house that you're doing the thing at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's that's that you can't do that with a lot of this investment stuff like wholesaling because every deal is so different. All the moving parts are different and it's creative and there's opportunity in it. But it's just hard to do at a high level, I think. I think some people can do it. I haven't figured it out yet. Oh, sure. no doubt in my mind someone can do it. I just don't think I could. I don't know. I'm giving I'm giving it my best shot though. I'm leaning a little bit more towards your way though, guy. If I'm being completely honest, but back to this hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you keep circling. We back. the million dollars. Million we don't, dollars. We don't deal dollars. in hundred thousand. Let's say ten million just to make it nice. <laughs> yeah, that'd let's, be nice. Let's make sure the listeners completely <laughs> confused about what we're talking about. So Mojo seems like a good deal at a hundred and fifty dollars or something like Mojo, some sort of multi-dialing. It's, like, it's less. I don't even know exactly how much. It's less than two hundred. That sounds like a bargain. What else would you spend your money on? Um, your hard-earned just, dough, I, dancing girls. Say, so if if I could, if I was to go back and I didn't have the networks that I had, and I was just dropped off in an area in which I knew nobody, I like um, this. I would pick. Make I'd it. pick an area. I would do the research on, um, like Tommy's doing, and I actually learned it from Perna. Um, I would pick an area that had turnover rates at a price point I was interested in and an area in which I thought I would end up living in at some point. That's how I got my farm. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so what I would do is I would just make sure I'm the expert of that one mile by one mile radius or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So if it's a house that's coming on the market, I'm previewing it and putting uh, putting my business card in it. If it's a for sale by owner, I'm talking to them. If it's in that neighborhood and it's listed by my office, I'm holding it open and I'm doing all the seventh level open house, which hyper local. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm just saturating that neighborhood until I've got my foothold in it. And then I'm going next door to the next neighborhood. It makes sense to. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting it. And if you really want to get advanced, if you start doing tracking on every door, every door direct and really trying to hone it in, um, that's how it starts. I started this little bullseye and I'd work my way out. Every door direct is pretty awesome. I do that in, I mean, I'm the, I focus heavily on the Northwest, uh, corridor in Troy, basically crooks to Adams. Uh, and, and that, I mean, we every door direct there, you know, twice a month and it is a, 
I think it's really powerful as far as mailers go because I mean you're paying way. I mean it's what seventeen cents a piece for for mailers going. Is that out. what every door direct is right now? I think it rotates a little bit on the price. I think it's seventeen or eighteen cents a mailer, but compared to fifty cents normally going oh, out, yeah. it's, and you don't have to have mailing lists or anything. You just say I want this neighborhood, and if you go on the website, I targeted neighborhoods that were of a particular income level, just because that's what my models surround. That every door every door direct. It's ed, door direct. edm dot us or usps.gov. You know what? I'll put it in the show notes. We'll figure it's, it out. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy long, to find. Long story short is if you're doing – so I would have a website that was, you know, northstonypoint.com. That's a neighborhood in Rochester. Um, and then I would have all the community info on that website for that oh, one I like subdivision. It. I see what you're doing. And then I would hold everything open in that sub. I would door knock that sub. I would call that sub. I would mail that sub. You know, and Are I you doing just, any of that now? To your that's the that's the next. Once we can get another ops person on board, we have 15 neighborhoods in Rochester Hills picked out for that, and that's what you and I were talking about this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, 15, 15 neighborhoods, square miles. No, 15 subdivisions. Subs, subs. Yeah, that have the turnover rate and the price point. I'm interested in working, okay. and that's what's that's what 2016. That's going to get us to 130 million next year. So. That's what our big focus is, and then we're going to go city to city, neighborhood to neighborhood, and take it over. So, um, rename Michigan Delia. Yeah. Well, I, in all honesty, we're going to go from yes. we're going to go here to, <laughs> yeah. to say, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. What, what kind of slight delusional, delusional quality to think the that micro nation of Delia. Huge. I want to go. I want to go to Lansing. I want to go to Grand Rapids. I want to go to Chicago. And I think there's a lot of overlap between those cities, moving back and forth. And if we can do what I think we'll, what I know we're going to do, there's no reason we can't replicate that in cities and run our. Well, I will say that I recently ran an experiment in Jersey in Nutley because I'm from that area and. And I, there's an agent over there that I've talked to, and I we called into the Nutley neighborhoods, and there the price. I mean, the price points are roughly it's about twice as much here. So by bringing those leads in, farming them to her, we just had the first one set to close uh, two weeks, and that's like the referral that you get as an agent when the price point's so much higher. It's like it almost makes you wonder, like, hmm. you know, should we just be marketing in these really high end neighborhoods elsewhere? And well, that's the natural <laughs> progression of of expansion is somewhere you're already getting a fair amount of leads from, and if you're from that neighborhood, you would have a fair amount of people that you grew up with that are in those neighborhoods. Yeah, so that's basically that's a natural we, progression. So doing. if you're working Rochester, naturally you're going to get a lot of referrals in Troy. Right, so that's naturally your next move, or or Oakland Township, or um, you know, just in the Birmingham, or so you naturally progress because you're getting so much lead flow in those cities that okay, now it makes sense. We're going to put an agent in the Birmingham office, and they're going to work Birmingham leads, or we're going to put an agent in the Troy office, and they're going to work Birmingham opportunities. Or opportunities. Troy opportunities. <laughs> I got to shift my 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 vocab too. Um, so that that's the natural progression of this thing, right? Because we see it already. I get referrals in St. Clair Shores to South Lyon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even people bugging me about Ann Arbor. It's like it's a whole different MLS. We drive, but I'm not driving Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, How far will you go right now? Uh, we're basically from Brighton, South Lyon, to Harrison Township, to Attica, to probably Flat Rocks, the south. I don't big. know what's further south than Flat Rock or Brownstown. I don't know which one's further south. Flat Rock. Is it? Yeah, I, yeah. So. I mean, they're bordering cities. So. They're very close. Yeah. But we we take the full shotgun approach right now. But that's the idea we had to. I mean, why would I turn down the money right in front of us? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to take all that money that you want to give me. You know? Yeah, like, sure. Um, but it does set our plan behind because we're riding this rocket. And then, okay, we've got our arms around it mostly. Um, and now we're going to go to the, the hyper-local thing. So. 
So what percentage of your budget do you think you would spend on every door direct? Like, is that like something you just pre-plan out or, or well, direct mailing in general is what you're saying or print advertising? Yeah. I guess my, I've got a third print advertising, a third online and a third for alternative. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what printing stuff? I know you do every door direct. What else do you send out? Well, we just signed on to do a, uh, it's a community magazine and it's, uh, it's actually one of the guys at the city that I, uh, know is putting it together and it's a, it's a franchise model, but basically they haven't really done too many of them in, in Southeast Michigan yet, uh, but they're, they're doing it all over the, the country. And actually I'll put you in contact with him because we talked a little, you were talking about doing this. And basically what they'll do is it's a, they'll, they'll pick a particular, Sub. So for this one that's coming out, it's going to be a magazine that just specifically focuses on the uh, two uh, two square mile radi- area around uh, well, just up the block for us. I mean, they don't care where it is, but yeah. uh, it's basically a handful of subs that are really close together. They make a magazine that's all content relative to that sub. Like they'll profile a, a family from the sub. They'll put people's recipes in it. They contact all the homeowners associations and they put all of the events that are happening. And this is all something that's automated and they have, uh, you know, we're, we're a part of this one and it's a, it's a, an anchor spot that is specific to the agent. They don't have any other real estate people in it and they do have other people, they have wealth managers and, you know, it's not really ads because the ads don't change. It's sponsors that are locked in for the year. And for that whole year, that sub gets this mailer that's becomes a, uh, a, a, magazine that kind of they run a lot of people say hey they run their 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 schedule out of it because it's got all the kids school stuff in it it's literally like just for that yeah you hope you end sub. up on the fridge or next to the toilet right? well it's they've got 89 percent open rates and they've got on average each individual household member is viewing the magazine five and a half times which if you're familiar with direct mail Holy in shit. general that might that's do it right there that's a mind-blowing level of 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 interaction because it's it's sticky repeatable content and it's so hyper local that there's we've got three more scheduled for Troy, um, you know, the, basically the Somerset uh, pocket uh, right around Somerset Mall. There's another one for, you know, the other. So the, there's a handful of these that are going out. And uh, that is a, is a chunk of the budget right now. So That's interesting. But that, that probably would be worthless within itself. Oh, it doesn't do anything. That, it's yeah. supplemented by the fact that we're calling exactly. everybody in all these neighborhoods. They see our, our other mailers. Exactly. They see, yeah, it's, it's, all, just, it's another piece of the puzzle. Sure. Excellent point. Yeah. So you're not, none of this is, lives in a bubble. It's all because you're doing all of it. And, yes. and you have to expect to spend, I mean, we spent a lot of money up front before really seeing, I mean, we, we lead with revenue to an extent, but there is a point where you kind of have to push a little bit and do some experimentation and you've got to be like, all right, well, I'm going to put, you know, I mean, if it's a thousand bucks a month, we're doing it for six months we might not see anything out of it and you probably won't yeah you probably won't it might not even be for the first year you know growth does require investment that's that's, no way around it right i haven't found anything other than that but that's what i was saying when you were asking of a hundred thousand dollar budget i mean you're not at the point to you won't have the money to cover it all that time when you're out when you're at a hundred thousand dollars and that's why i went up to a million we're at a million that's why i wanted to bring up 10 million how about a hundred million yeah now, uh, now we really don't that's know. That's a real deal. Doing, that's yeah. a real. That's a real thing that he that he would be like. Yeah, let's 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 talk about a hundred. Yeah, let's million. talk about hundred yeah. million. That's, that's but we are talking. That's what you're going for. Your so, goal is hundred well, million. Right? Not GCI. Well, no. I guess it is now. Shut <laughs> well, your mouth. Yes, it is. You better get busy. Yeah. Yeah, forget that jump. you're brewing a vampire within yeah. you that's sucking your energy. But <laughs> Crimea River. It's a hundred twenty yeah. million. 
in commissions. Yeah. So what would that be? Is it one billion? Moving to New York or something? Hong Kong? It's probably there's probably people out there doing. Someone's it. doing it. Yeah. yeah. So what are you spending? What are you doing for your direct mail? Uh, we haven't done it yet. We've got. We're all conceptual at this point, but I know what we're going to be doing. All right. I'm just copying what all, all the other top people are doing. So I'm doing exactly That's what I said. If I was to restart, um, I'm copying it all. Yeah. This is all yeah. Jim Schaefer is yeah. pretty much where I got my ideas. Yeah, our Jim ours is a little bit of Jim, but, Williams, um, right? Yeah, he's yeah. our OP. Uh, Tommy and I both. And uh, and Perna and, and the rest of these guys. So I'm just copying what they're doing and just replicating it. So it's all conceptual at this point. But again, it's just everything that we just talked about is holding stuff open in the sub. That's the reason to call. Sending out the newsletter for the neighborhood. Uh, Tommy and I were talking about newspaper for the neighborhood. Um, mm. That's all. That's what we're working on right now. The website, particular websites for each subdivision. On and on. That yeah, that's a thing. Because you're not going to beat Zillow and Trulia and uh, Realtor.com for Rochester Hills home mm-hmm. sales. You're just not. They're spending quadrillion dollars or whatever it is on SEO work, right? Mm-hmm. But we can kick their ass at North Stony Point. That's right? true. Or, they're not going to go that or, small, right? Yeah, or Pine Trace or Hampton or – you know what I mean? They, they're not going to get – so when someone Googles Hampton, North Stony Point mm-hmm. for sale, I hope to be the first person to pop up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or We've almost got Beach Forest. That's what we're aimed at right now. Beach Forest? Yeah, oh, yeah. There's right. no there's, there's no beaches or forests there, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot so, of beautiful houses. But if right. you start if you start real local like that and you have enough neighborhoods and you're doing um, you don't even have to do the mailer. You don't even have to do you can physically hand out the mailer if you're on a shoe string budget when you're holding these different houses open. Mm-hmm. Which I do that actually because we buy the, the every door direct like you can't. I mean you can't buy your printer, your mailers from the printer and get exactly as, as enough for the every door direct. So at the end of it, you've always got an extra couple hundred. So I'll send everything out every door direct and we take the rest of them and we knock, we door knock with them. And that actually that produced more from the last batch of every door direct mailers. That actually produced more leads than the than the every door direct. Well, let's talk uh, about good old fashioned door knocking, right? Mm-hmm. How do you do that successful. successfully? I mean, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm not the best person to talk. We haven't done any, but um, I know it works, and I know it requires nothing but shoes and a good looking outfit. Tommy, I've, I've done it, and it ha- it does work. There's, uh, I mean. You know, there's there's some issue. I mean, you're, you're always going to get some people that are like, get out of my, get off my lawn. You know, say what's the strategy? What's the play? That's all right. It's honestly, right? it's not that big of a deal with some of that stuff because it all comes in your approach. Like, I mean, if you are. Uh, you know, number one, I'm like a, a bearded, bald guy. So, like, I mean, it's not going to be the same if I was like a, a dainty young girl who probably doesn't have to deal with the same thing in front of the door. But, like, for me, like, I mean, just being back, there's a whole mannerism. Or if you're not right in the door right up in their face and you back off a little bit and like you don't I don't I don't say a long a lot of stuff. I'm not trying to close anybody. And that's a big thing. Like I mean if you try and get a deal out of being at their house, that's not gonna happen. Right. You're just trying to be visible. You're just there. You're in the community. So then, you know, if you call and follow up with the same people a week later, oh yeah, I was just in your neighborhood. I saw you when you were raking your leaves. Then it, there's not really any kind of confrontation. And if you have something to give them, the only, the things that I give out are not just kind of garbage mailers. For those when I'm door knocking, I give out uh just listed, just sold basically market information that's for their neighborhood specifically. So it's like, hey, this is the activity, this is what's going on here. Do you want you know, to play your a dog's bit? out, I'm not gonna bother you right now. So I'm gonna you know, I'm I'm gonna leave. But this is what's ha- this is your neighbor's house just sold. This is what it is. Hey, let's role play. I'll be Mr. I just drank a light beer sitting in front of the T V and uh, my multi million dollar home and you're door knocking. Okay. All right. 
Yes, I have my light beer in my hand. How can I help you, sir? <laughs> can I have one of those? Absolutely. <laughs> no, no. Wait. Well, that's a totally different script. No, wait, yeah. But hey, you know, my name is Tommy. I'm an agent. Or we're the principal listing agent for this area in, in Troy. And Hi, Tommy. Just, my favorite show's on, man. Come on. Oh, no problem. I just want to let you know there's a lot of activity in the market right now. This is your neighbor's house just sold for X amount of dollars. You know, if you have any questions or you're thinking of moving, let me know. Awesome. Thanks, you drop man. it off, walk away. Like That's it's, it? it's just that they physically see you. Like, That's good. You don't need to be up their face. You just need to be there. Oh, yeah, because then all my mailers have my – I look the same on all my marketing mail. It all goes out. So it's like they start the same to – bearded ball guy. Yeah, I mean like you know, I don't have a lot of options here. So. <laughs> <laughs> you wear it well, sir. I roll, roll with what well. I got. Yeah. So, uh, But over time, the consistency and now from calling into those neighborhoods over and over again, now you know when I talk to the same, you know, hi, this is Sharon. Hi, Sharon. It's Tommy. Remember I talked to you a couple times and I saw you two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, hey. You know, and all of a sudden, a person who's a stranger is, I mean, they're not a, a warm, I guess it's a warm lead, you know, but like they're not, the the confrontation isn't there in the same way, you know, and uh, well, I tell them outright. They're to sell or die at some point. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's really only two I mean, that's options. That's reality in real estate. That's so true. if you keep enough people in your circle, mm-hmm. they're going to either sell or die, right? And if mm-hmm. they have enough mailers in the house that they held and they die, then their kids may just call you anyways because it's a sign. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, or it's um, easy. That's right? the best thing about real estate. So, if you keep your data bank with as many people in it that you're in contact with, you know, it literally just yields over time. So, it's just about being first in mind for mm-hmm. all those people. And I, I live in this area too. So, for me, it's like the whole premise is, is that I'm your neighbor. And it's true. I am. You know, like, I mean, if, uh, and that might not be everybody's marketing strategy, but at least for mine. And I do, I do deals ever, you know, elsewhere. I mean, I'm just closed one in Royal Oak, closed another one in Sterling Heights, but my marketing money is spent. In one exactly. spot. That was know. the reason why I moved to Detroit. Because was I was me? doing was deals me? in Detroit. Oh. And I wanted to live in Detroit. I thought it was yeah. just because I was like, here. oops. <laughs> oops. I'm, ha- I'm having a good time, though. What about online marketing, right? You said you. you I mean, I, I do it, but that is like, that is, there's a, a mistaken assumption, again, that online marketing is like this magic gauntlet that's going to throw deals in your face. And I have not found that to be the case. I'm pretty versed in online marketing. I've marketed a lot of things online, and some things do convert immediately. I sell other stuff that just you can buy an ad, drop it, it's done. That has not been my experience with real estate. So honestly, the online ads that I have pretty much mirror the same things that I'm doing because you could still geographically locate real tight in and i you can also get real tight to like topics like i have one one mail one marketing thing going right now for troy for people who are over 45 who live in this particular pocket in troy who are into golf and it's a golf ad like hey you know you plan on selling your house in troy because you still have time to snowbird down to florida and play golf all winter instead of shovel things you know that's like <laughs> hashtag uh, shovel things yeah right <laughs> like that's that's a real hyper specific that you is. know Thing. And the reality is, is it may or may not, it hasn't turned into a specific lead for that. But just seeing that kind of stuff over and over again, it just supplements the fact that the mailer goes out and the phone call happens. Right. It's a part of the force multiplier. Yeah. So what, what percentage of the marketing is traceable when it comes time to closing the deal? Right. So, so one of the things I always do is every deal I close, I want to make sure I tie a campaign to it some way. Right. So I can attempt to measure what money I have going out and are you trying to say like conversion ratio analytics for conversions yeah, on like an that. ad what's I, your ROI on a, on a specific piece of seven or, usually 
<laughs> you're asking what you're asking. Yeah, I'm yeah. asking. Oh, you yeah. say, I thought you asked me. Seven sorry. monies. You're asking. I'm clarifying. You're yeah, asking. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. No. Um, when I do it, it, it's about seven. Yeah. yeah. So. 7%. What? No. So if. 7%. Um, yeah. Okay. So seven dollars, you get seven. So you, okay. Right. So if you spend a thousand dollars, you you generally make seven thousand. Right? Okay. Uh, with online, yeah, that's that's easier, but not. I mean, with with my phone calls, that's really easy because you can determine. You know, well, but you don't know if it just because they they were warm to your reception. You don't know if that's because you called them and they've gotten your mailer the whole time. So now that's true. So when you're doing a force multiplier, to answer your question is you don't know when you're doing a force multiplier and you're really saturating a certain market mm-hmm. because they could have converted on your phone because they've gotten all your mailers and saw you online and saw you your already ad. had all those right. touches. Right, ahead you've of time. been touching, 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 and now it's a warm good news call. And uh, yeah, you're touching. Good news. You're calls. touching. You're touching. I went to Catholic school, man. I don't, <laughs> this makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the idea is that when, when you're doing, Tommy. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, when you're doing the force multiplier, it's very hard to judge that. So you just continue to saturate the area, and the only way to really judge it is if you did one thing different this year than last year, or a couple things, um, and you picked up market share, then you're typically doing something right. So, or the more places, let's say you ran a magnet campaign where you send a bunch of magnets with your smiling face on it or your logo or whatever, and you see them on a bunch of properties when you're listing them in that area, well, you know, then, you know, that's going to be successful, but it's going to be very hard to say, well, I closed an extra 10 deals because of magnets, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, what's working when you see it on, I mean, I go into, when I'm in Royal Oak and I'm showing houses, whether it's Jim's listing or not, or in Ferndale, and they've got Jim sells Ferndale on the freaking fridge i know that's working for him yeah, yeah absolutely now, can how many sales can he draw back to that or is it he has 400 for sale signs in this in the city right yeah so you don't know what the direct thing is he just knows his business is growing do you guys attempt to tie it to a campaign or or i do we, like we, we do for sure I, yeah I, I ran a thing for this you know the magazine before we did based on you know all right well how many sales happen in that pocket name i basically i try and calculate like what the you know, it's ha- the activity in that overall neighborhood, and then you just kind of spread the the average out the money spent into it. I can't really tell whether or not you know one one mailer in March was a better return than the magazine in March, but I can tell the areas that are getting better returns, and I can tell that based on what marketing types are happening in those areas because not every one of these subs gets the same marketing. Oh, there's a word for them. I'm forgetting what it is where you, where you just keep buying in. Like, um, so you're kind of dividing your marketing up by an area. You know, you spent like $10,000 in an area. And if you get a deal from that area, you're attributing it to that campaign for that area, even though you don't necessarily know which of the things that happened in it. Yeah. yeah kind of. And mostly what re- that revolves around is the age of the, uh, the sub. You know, like my, the sub that I live in has an elementary school in it. And the majority of the people who live in it is, you know, are, are people who have elementary age children versus if you go into a beach forest, it's a lot more, uh, empty nesters and, and their, their average age is, is higher because it's a different market that moves into that area. So they would get different marketing you types. You can, Pozek, you know, Pozek's big on the, um, he's a, another agent of Keller Williams. And I was listening to his viral marketing interview and he's big on, you know, well, if he had to pick one, I think it was him. I could be attributing something. That's a good question. If you had to pick one. Well, if you had to pick one asking the client, if you had to pick one reason you called me, what Ah, would it be? Okay. 
Uh, that's how he'll tally it. But if you're hitting the same sub with everything over and over, you know, it's the force multiplier. But he'll ask, so then he's able to track to see which ones. Well, people real feel you like this one was the strongest reason as to why. So, Do, can you guys? I mean, have you tracked where if I spend ten grand here, I get X at the end of? For us, it's very limited um, because we get so much. We're, we're so referral based, yeah. and then so we do track. So our big three is sphere of influence, right? Um, sphere of influence. Um, referrals and Zillow. So those are our three things right now that we track. And absolutely. So sphere of influence is um, very easy to track. Um, but then within Quicken Loans and, and our referral network, where we personally requested, so the work that I'm personally doing and calling and working that network, or did it just happen to come to us because we're in the network, mm-hmm. right? So then we'll track that. Um, and then Zillow will track, okay, we've invested X. What have we gotten back, right? And How have they been converting for you? Um, right now is fine. We haven't really focused on it yet. Um, mm-hmm. And really the incubation period for uh, an online opportunity is 6 to 24 months. So we're just starting to hit from when we've picked it up. We're just starting to hit that beginning of the seventh month. So over the next, what's the math on that? Again, I'm not that smart. 17 months. Yeah. Um, those should start to convert. And we're starting to work them in a systematic manner. Again, we were trying to ride this rock and get our arm around it. And now that we we are getting our arms around it, we're able to systematically follow up with it. Part of our problem with Zillow is if you're going to invest money into those online leads, the first five minutes is critical. And if you don't have a call team dedicated mm-hmm. to taking that call initially, That's good then advice. the lead falls off considerably. So mm-hmm. um, Say that again. So if you're going to do Zillow, make sure you have a somebody. Who it's can, instant. The people who are doing well with that, like they are they ready for it. There's people waiting yeah, to yeah, feel Waiting that. for that call. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to field that call. And so. that's because the first five minutes are just that important. Yeah, right? it's something mm-hmm. that drops off 80% over the first five wow. minutes. It's huge, yeah. Wow. Speed to lead huge. is incredible. It was big enough where I actually didn't engage with it just because I didn't have that infrastructure and didn't really plan to build it. So, no, that's good. That's good information to have. Somebody might be going, Hey, I'm going to get rich on Zillow. And then they're not answering their phone within five minutes. And mm-hmm. that's why 90% of agents lose money on Zillow. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's the 10% that are making all the money. Yeah. Because they have teams set it dedicated to it. So, yeah, um, uh, there's a couple of guys that are bigger in well, Keller Williams who have whole systems set up just to field it, right? Well, I mean, anyone who's doing any type of volume pretty much does. Yeah. So, anyone who's doing over, well, I'm not going to throw a number out there, but anyone doing any type of volume is. I mean, if, if you're under 10, I guess you can, you know, kind of wait. That's up. 10 million, though, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but if you're doing anything with a, if you're doing any type of transactions, um, you've got to have people. It's got to be something that's important to you. And it's not, we're not at that point yet, but we're getting closer. You will be getting closer. Are so you- if you follow the model, the new model is going to be admin, potentially another admin, and then a call person. In ISA. We're, we're all waiting. There's uh, our, our, our Bible is the millionaire real estate agent. By Gary Keller, and there we're we're all waiting for the new version. New version should be out anytime, and and that's like the, the intense speculation abounding about. I'm pretty sure it's either going to be admin ISA or it's going to be admin admin ISA then buyer specialist, and that buyer specialist could be a hybrid ISA buyer specialist to begin with, or, um, but they say you shouldn't hybrid much, but you could do that, and then they'll migrate either into the ISA role or into the buyer specialist role. Um, depending, we're actually running a, a kind of unique model right now. Um, Lisa Archer runs it. I didn't know that. I was just going to do it myself. As much as I say, follow everyone else's plan. I thought this was a good one. And I found other other people were doing it, so it validated my my Steve Jobs ingenuity. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, um, but, well, I'd rather be lucky than good. I think there's some truth to that. Uh, that better to be good too, but. 
a little luck doesn't hurt either. You know? Luck. Yeah. Luck, luck doesn't exist. The harder we work, the more <laughs> the luckier, the luckier you, get. you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, no, there's some luck in there. Absolutely, but. there's some luck. You get some stuff right, but it's not a substitute. But for you have to, yeah, you have to be put together because off. if you get a really lucky opportunity and then you're a schmuck who doesn't know how to do anything with it, it's like yes. yeah, that, that's a that's like a firecracker, right? It's like oh, look at how cool it is, and mm. now it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a common thread to this, and that it's absolute total. Fucking massive action, right? You're not doing one thing. Well, you're everything's picking, massive action, man. You're picking an area and for, I don't know, you're like a dog. You're just walking around it 10 times a day, peeing on everything. This is mine. It's mine. Get in front of everybody all the time. It's kind of hard not to because how else can you? Like, I mean, when I first got my license, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to specialize. I only work in Royal Oak, Birmingham, Bloomfield Hills, and Troy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, and that's then after the after a moment of sanity, you're just kind of like, wait, that's not a special. And then you know, you meet guys like Jim Schaefer, who at the time was like, he was super focused, localized, you know. And then like you realize, or or Ken Posick, where it's like, well, he's like, I work in this subdivision in Northville, and like, I mean, he made. I mean, what did he do? 37 mil last year? I'm not sure. But he did like, he only did like 30, 35, 35 transactions to get to, you know. I'm not sure his sales number was that high, but he, his transactions were pretty low for. I don't remember it exactly. GC, I, I think he ended up being a low like amount of transactions or something or 600 grand. Yeah. And, you know, he's, I think, he's I've had either, worse he might years. be a year older than me. As in all the years. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's not pushing, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, and he's, uh, I've, I've gone out to lunch with Ken a couple of times. He's a really good guy. Like, he, he knows what he's, his, his so good at his area that it'd be very difficult for, you know, anybody else to just come in and take that off of him because those, especially in his market, the higher end market in my market, like they talk to each other. Their referral world is huge in the higher end clientele because that's where they get, you know, I mean, these guys, if you need a, an attorney, you don't go into the yellow pages when you, you know, no, you're, you don't. you're doing not. a million dollar project. No. You, you know, you get referrals from your friends who also do million dollar projects. Let's so. talk about referrals because it's a huge part of business. It's something I've been growing mm-hmm. over the last year watching, especially Joe, just do a fucking referral empire. And it's like, man, I'm sitting on this gold a, yeah, you're, you're a machine. Yeah, so obviously your, your sphere of influence, right, or your power base or however mm-hmm. or whatever terminology you want to use, people you already know basically, right? Right. And how do you or turn you those people into referrals? Um, for us, it's been coming from contribution. So uh, it, it was very much word of mouth and it was very easy to connect with. Um, so talking about people who pre-approved people, they are all were my age demographic. So they're all people who are my age, roughly, or younger. So it's easy to connect from a sameness standpoint in the, from that aspect, right? So you usually look your Asian realtors working with Asian buyers who are driving Asian cars, right? And, and watch it, your redlining here, man. Yeah. No, but, I mean, that's in reality is is you're working with people is, who, yeah. um, that you're really comfortable with, right? Yes. So for me, it was really easy to pursue business with people and prevent or pre- present opportunities with people and um, receive opportunities from people that I could easily connect with. So they're talking about the same thing I'm talking about. They grew up in the same area, I, era, era that I grew up in. So it was very easy to, and they're all um, 
doers. You don't work for that company unless you're a doer and a goer and a, uh, like a, a driving personality. So it was very easy to connect. It was like people that I had only known for a couple months. I felt like I've known my whole life. And it's like, where have you been all my life? You mm-hmm. know, I've been, I've been stuck with only the people I knew around me that I went to school with. <laughs> and there's this whole big world of you out there and you're all in one building. I love you, know? you all so I much. You, all, you guys right? are so great. Yeah. And you connect with them so easily. So it's, if you find something that you're passionate, um, a guy out of the Lake Orion area, he literally gets, he does, um, in the 20s, uh, million wise. And all he does is he works pretty much his golf mm-hmm. clientele that he golfs with at a uh, golf, whatever you call it. I'm not a golf person, but mm-hmm. the golf yeah, club, right? Yeah. So he, not the actual club itself, but the club, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so he works all that. I mean, he just goes and golfs with these people and he goes to the golfing events and he does this, he does that. And next thing you know, he has a bunch of clients because they don't have anyone better to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's his niche. Mine was going down and working with people my wife worked with. Mm-hmm. And so I got their team and then they spread the word. And then I started friending their friends. And then their friend, they told people, and then I got in the network. So then they were able to get received the benefits of me being in the network. So then it's just like this ongoing thing. And I was sending business to them. So then they were sending business to me. You know what I mean? And so it built this monster overnight uh, because it was easily something that they could relate to me and I could relate to them. All right. So that's how it grew from, you know, one point whatever to 7.1 to 33 ish, 35 ish. So that's two and a half years. Two years. Well, it was part time two years ago. Last year was first full time year, and then this year it's finally. Uh, it was just a year and a month ago. Was just Renee and I was just starting. That's not a very long period of time. To yeah, make it's getting it on my own way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I just know I'm really good at that. What we were just talking about, and I know I'm really bad at processing paperwork. <laughs> so I just <laughs> yeah, I try not to do paperwork. Like literally, there's a big program called Dot Loop. With Keller Williams, is I don't even know how to use it. You've I've never, never opened logged, it. I've yeah, never yeah. logged in. I don't even know what my login is, and I refuse to learn. Because <laughs> then you that, don't have to do it. Because then people are going to ask me about it. That's and true. I, if I don't know, I can't answer, right? Yeah. So I'm not the squeaky wheel. I'm not the bottleneck. I'm as big anti-bottleneck as you can do. I think – I won't say I'm lazy, but I'm very lazy when it comes to things that I don't like doing. And mm-hmm. Renee's like, you never do the dishes. You never do the laundry. It's like, well, I don't like doing that. They don't so exist I, to me. I didn't like cleaning the house, so we have a house cleaner now. I yeah. don't like cutting the lawn, so we have a lawn cleaner. 100%. I didn't want to tear out all of our bushes, so I hired a landscaper. 100%. Right? And it's like the guy came – I could have spent all Saturday doing the leaves. I'm or I heard my landscaper who sends me referrals, and he came and did it for 100 bucks. Yep. Totally <laughs> worth it. I would have paid him 500 Don't yeah. tell him. But he sends me business, Shh. so I would yeah. overpay. I don't think right? he's going to be listening to this no. podcast. But the, Maybe. The, the idea, the idea is, I just get out of my own way, and in the meantime, I'm listening to podcasts. So maybe it's maybe but it's maybe a more Jeremy, money. Maybe it's a Jeremy Burgess podcast, right? Or maybe it's uh, expansion system opportunities. Or maybe I'm taking five minutes for myself. Or right? maybe you're at home listening and you're going, "Damn, I need these guys to sell my houses." If you were that person, <laughs> you'd go to TommyDesmond.com. Tommy you just totally did that to him. <laughs> or you'd go to TheDeliaGroup.com. TheDeliaGroup. <laughs> hey. It's the order in which I have it, all right? Hey, Somebody has enough. to be first. Ever know. There you're you also go. allowed to sit on your couch and look outside and realize you're not doing the leaves and take pleasure in that. You know, yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah, I don't do leaves. No. Man. Well, you just – if you I don't, really don't I don't, like I don't do nature unless plate, Jeremy right makes me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he came over and helped on my uh, little urban farm. And I didn't even know it. Apparently later on, 
He seemed just fine, but he he was very intense. He's working very hard. Oh, I, I work hard because it's got to be done. Yeah, like quickly. It's got to go because I hate every second of it. And then your beautiful <laughs> wife finally let me in on the uh, Tommy doesn't do nature. He never does nature. I'm like, oh, man, wow, I didn't know that. That's all right. See how much I loved you? I'm See, it's strange you didn't do nature, though. We'll have to talk about that. It's, well, uh, I, I told you this is how big my lawn was when I lived in Jersey and the city mowed it. So. Yep. I would pave all of the things if I could. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, all of the things Concrete I have to take care of. as far as the eye can No, see. I bought my house because it backs up California. to a woods. And the woods is beautiful, but it's not my problem because it's on common area. So all I have to do is, you know, if I could, I would pave my yard just so the woods would be there. I could get all the nature, but I don't have to have any responsibility for the nature. Well, it also is a good point. Your time is worth something. Now, when everybody starts. It's all we got. <laughs> so all you have is your time. Yeah, and well, you're Jim not getting any more. He of makes five hundred dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? So every hour wasted is five hundred dollars. He could have been earning somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't broke it down like that, but um, if he's at five hundred, I'm probably at two fifty. You know what I mean? So I'm one sixty nine. Okay. So it might be a good idea to take a disc test, take a Colby test. They're free, by the way. The disc test, if you go on Google to Tony Robbins' website. Yes, I'll put it in the show notes. And the Colby test is, I think it's forty nine or fifty dollars. It's not very much. And there are other tests like that. I'm not necessarily. We use the AVA. I need that, so I'm about to get my AVA. AVA. There, there's a lot of them. Um, the idea is focus on what you're good on and hire out the rest. Um, don't worry so much about it. if you suck at something, hire that part out, figure out some sort of hourly wage. Because that's what you're talking about, right, is maximizing your time mm-hmm. with the highest hourly exactly. wage possible. Highest and best use. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean don't go do something you enjoy doing. If you enjoy cutting your lawn, like I know John, who we all know, John Rostripsky, however you say his name, Um John enjoys cutting his lawn. Well, John's a hell of a builder, right? So John, oh, John can make more yeah, money yeah. building. Robespierre. Yeah. I don't know how to say your name, John. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, I um, talked to him, he's, though. He he's actually builder, enjoys right? all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he loves mowing his grass, mm-hmm. right? So mow away. He likes doing it. That's a know? different scenario, yeah, though. That's a – yeah. That doesn't mean you have to get rid of that stuff, but I don't enjoy it. No, I mean, I, I don't mind it, yeah. it either, but if I don't care, if I don't like doing it, then I, I just don't like, like futile things. Wife, right? If you yeah. don't really care, don't just pick shut the up. fight. Yeah. Like, any, anything that nature's yeah. going to undo, I don't see a point in doing. Like, like the leaves will always fall. Why, why pick them up? They'll just because go your away. Neighbors won't hire you to be your real, their real tool. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's actually why. That is the legitimate reason why our house looks really good, From, but it's not because I have. I live pride here. I'm the dilapidated house on the corner. <laughs> Driving all your values down. It's because of that exactly. I was like, our house looks. Has to look my dog great. gets loose, and I don't. <laughs> I don't pick up my leaves. Just yeah. crap on Bob's lawn, right? <laughs> Although, in fairness, with the leaves, they just we'd blow them into the woods behind the house. The nature takes. My care thing of it. with leaves is, how do you think soil is built? That's what we do. We I blow them in the right woods. In the grass, man. Yeah. I love leaves. I, I grew all my food in mulch leaves this year. Yeah, all the food you guys. Eight were from mulch leaves from three years ago. So, well, the difference between you and I and Tommy is your neighbors are happy you're not selling crack and (laughs) maybe upset (laughs) or maybe upset about it. They might Um, be. Damn. (laughs) That's the big difference, right? You're you're down there urban homesteading and the rest of us are out in suburbia. Well, some of us make mistakes we can't get out of quick enough. (laughs) 
So, uh, you have your own compound down yeah, there. I got. I got. You can put up a compound. You could put up a thirty foot fence, and no one would care. You no, know they would mean? not. Yeah. So you, you're able to have. I, I envy it in some ways because when mm-hmm. I when we have a bonfire in our backyard, Warren PD showed up. Yeah. So yeah. It's a nuts. you know. There's a little bit of freedom in that too. That's why we um, just have to buy a nice twenty acre stretch somewhere up north or ten thousand. Ten thousand acres in western Michigan. That's the goal, man. I, I looked up a uh, an aerial shot of what ten thousand acres even looks like, and I think you're an insane person. It might be 20,000. I want a project so big it couldn't be finished in three generations. A goal so big it scares you? Yes. Like It would take four or five generations of humans living 150 years to maybe begin to see the end of that completion of that. That's, that's Or kinda... one Chinese engineering team a weekend. <laughs> maybe maybe I need 100,000 acres. Is that what we're saying? I'm thinking too small. Anyway, as we digress, let's see if we can't get back on uh, get back on topic here. Okay, there's a topic. Well, Focus on it. There's a pizza down there. Is that in the shot? It, yeah, it Hopefully. is. You can grab a piece. No, it's just it'd be awesome if there's just a pizza on the screen the whole time. Yeah, we, we're, we're very festive people. Here, have a slice. A slice for everybody. No, I can't. No, no I slice. can't. I'm on a it's on guy. bread. Tommy doesn't eat bread. I don't eat bread. I don't eat the yeast. You could scrape the bread off the pizza. <laughs> yeah. Like, here, have, pull a, have cheese a cheese ball. And the that'll, that'll go right, well. Right into the mouth. All right, circle us back. What are we talking about? We were talking about leads, and we got off on maximizing your time, knowing what you're good at, hiring out what you're not good at. Um, we just – let's talk about email marketing, actually, because – Okay. We talked about mailers, unless we have some more mailers. You do listed and sold or just pending and solds, or what do you call it? Just listed, just sold. Yeah, we'll do we'll do that. Um, a little closer to Mike. We'll do, we'll do that, and uh, we do it in neighborhoods we're interested in working. Okay, and that's just like this house just sold for this that kind of thing. Right, we just listed this piece. one. Yeah. It really, it's okay. Throw it away. It's a touch. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's just a touch. And then, but then that's our excuse to call people. Hey, did you get our flyer? Just want to let you know. And so you're following up with a phone Every call. Every content gets another contact exactly. based on it. Okay, sure. so would you blast out a subdivision. Yeah. A certain number of days after that blast, you start hitting the phones. Exactly. All right. Okay. So now we're. It is a campaign. Yeah. Like step one, mailer. Step two, dial. Step three, exactly. Something. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And in an ideal world, you're doing it within the neighborhood you're targeting, mm-hmm. right? So you're already hitting them with the monthly newsletter. This is just an additional piece, right? You're already calling them. It's just another excuse to call them, let them know all the business you're doing in the yeah, supplemental. And, and there's stuff going on. Right? <clears throat> yeah, it's not it's not a foundational piece, it's a supplemental piece. Mm-hmm. Although I did throw a random one out there just like, yeah, screw it, send it. And I uh, got a listing off it. But that's atypical. I do. For those just listed, just solds, like we like if an every door direct campaign might normally be four or five routes to cover a whole sub, the just listed, just li- just sold would be just like one of those routes, just right around that one. It would ah, okay. be the whole sub. Don't do the whole sub, just like with another Well, because it's a mile. supplement to the other stuff that's going out. And I might not be right. It's just like a way that I figured to m- minimize my cost. Because it, it cost me about 1100 bucks with printing and mailing every time I send to that whole sub. So if I I can crush that cost down. I can send out three or four just listed, just solds to over the course of the month to that sub, but different routes. Then the money's the same as spent, but it got uh, a more hyper local mailer for each. Yeah, month. a more relevant listing or them. sold for that address. I mean, if it's, if it's well, around it's the corner, sub, it matters. I, us personally, we'd hit the whole sub, but that's if you got to start pushing some volume. Yeah, I think that's your phone, dude. Never ends for Joe. 
just no. blows up. All kinds all of stuff off. all over the country too. Usually sales calls is really annoying. Yeah, um, I know all these. <laughs> we're talking about all cold calling guys. people, right? And now. <laughs> These damn cold callers. Do, do yeah. you feel bad when you want to hang up on people that are no, no, no. phone prospecting? I, I turn you? the conversation completely. I, I find out what their pay structure is. Yeah, I start asking them. I've questions. done that a couple like, times. Yeah. I'm like, look, I'm looking to launch our call center, and I'm just curious. Uh, How do you, you get, get paid? paid on appointments? Are you on salary? Is it salary plus appointments? I was at work. One guy's like, oh, it's salary only, and I'm like, what kind of incentive do you have? He's like, well, I guess none. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks for calling. Talk well, to you later. <laughs> I just saved you like making three you other just, calls. We've just, been talking. Yeah, I'm learning from you now. Thank That's you. funny. I yeah. guess none. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what am I doing with my life? With their job? No, I told him. I'm like, he was from commerce. I'm like, listen, anytime you want to, you know, be, get paid for uh, the work you of put in, you give Joe. me a call. I do that to the Hansons <laughs> like, window guy all number, the time. So, yeah. When they show up, yeah, you think about getting your windows redone? Like, yeah, come on, no, next Tuesday, come on over, show me your thing, and then you judge their skills. Like, yeah, you should sell real estate. Why aren't you selling the whole yeah, house? You're just selling the window. On them. It's the advantage of KW, right? Yeah. So you put them in your downline. Actually, I got one in my downline Grow. from that. Grow. Did. Yeah. Well, that is something interesting he about sold the He sold the house, too, a couple months ago. About Keller Williams. He did? Yeah. My, yeah, the Hansons guy that I got like two years ago. So that, yeah, that's actually something you did? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was. He came and he wanted to I'd put a new picture window in, and I just wanted a price on it, and he gave me his spiel, came back and did it. And then I was like, I, I told him that quote exactly. I was like, well, let me ask you, if you're doing all this heavy lifting and you came all the way out here, I don't know how much you make for selling a house full of windows, but why aren't? Why would you sell just the windows? Why don't you sell the whole house? He's like, well, you know, I never thought about it. I was like, this thing you're doing, knocking doors, and I mean, that's the hard that's the hardest part. If you're willing to do that, what do you make? Two hundred bucks for getting at windows? Why wouldn't you? If you had sold this house, this house is worth about three hundred grand. You would have made you know nine or ten grand instead of whatever. And Except he's just like dollars. And he, yeah, and how many, and how many windows houses do you have to sell to make nine grand? That's that's basically what it was. And he ended up getting his. Like, I gave him gave him my stuff, and I got he got licensed, and yeah, he's he's at uh, now he's door knocking for Tommy. Yeah. No, he's at uh, he's at the the Rochester, or no, he's at. Uh, Sell or Central. be sold, I think is yeah. what that is. So did, did It worked. You? He sold the house, yeah, yeah, over the summer, and I made profit share off him. I got a couple hundred bucks. There you go. So then people call Joe. Joe tries to convert him. <laughs> I try to bring him on our ISA team. Yeah. yeah. Are you looking to buy a house today, sir? Well, I, I don't. I should try to see when they're looking to buy or sell, yeah. but I try to find out what their pay structure is, and then the guy was local, and I'm like, well, that sucks. Why don't you come work for us? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if your type of person wants to reap what you sow, yeah. you know, it's a great structure. You want to kick back and you know suck on the, the, the salary teat, then you're in a good spot. So, yeah. oh, you're, you're that guy? All right, we'll see you later. <laughs> you know. Pushing ropes. Uh, pushing ropes. Can't push a rope. <laughs> I don't know. I've must never be a Jersey term. A Jersey no, thing. you can't. You can't push a rope unless you freeze it. Like you can't. You just push the end of it. You, you don't have those friends. You're like you tell them everything that you. you this only is push how you do frozen this. ropes, okay? And like you, you get it. And they, they need. It's the, what do they say at Keller Williams? The, you know, talent has to be uh, urged to want to finance or. Talent seeks answers. Non-talent needs to be pushed to want them in the first place, and that's the idea. You can't push the rope because ah, you push the push the end of it, and it just crinkles up. Like I don't want to do that. And you know, then they're the same people who are like, "Oh yeah, Joe, Joe, yeah, he's doing some he real gets, estate he thing. He's business. He's super he's lucky. Loans. He's, yeah, he's super lucky. He's, he's quick and loans. Gives wife, him all this stuff. There. Yeah, lucky. Well, yeah. When I was saying lucky, lucky all the way to the bank. You're not lucky when you're doing that much. 
um, and and business. But so that's yeah. Well, the, everyone has to self-rationalize, right? Yeah. Well, mm. I've been in business for fifteen years, and oh, in a year and a half, you're already doing ten times what I'm going to do this year, right? So they have to self-rationalize things. When in reality, if they just got out of their own way and just did everything everyone told them to do, they would have been that fast too, or at least done something. Probably they. Again, almost everyone can do just about anything better than me. It's just that I just go out there and do it, and that's the difference. Well, yeah, I know I know everybody can do everything better than me, but I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that was right, Jeff Glover. That it. was his whole story. I remember when he, before he had totally exploded, and I don't want you to, you know, easy, no need man. to get all tense <laughs> in your anus or anything. It's going to be okay, Joe. No, he, uh, before he blew up at all, he, he said he went uh, – you know, I met him. He's been out doing it years and years ago. And basically, he's, he's like, "Yeah, I went to this office. How, how'd you get started? You know, I went to this guy's office, and uh, you know, it was right after the bowl program. He gave me all the note cards. He said, here, 'Here, I'm not using these anymore. You can have them.' And he's like, I assumed that meant the guy had already memorized them all and no longer needed them. But what the guy he actually meant was that he, the guy just wasn't doing what he was taught to do at Bold. So Glover took that package of scripts from bold went somewhere and did it all because he didn't know he wasn't supposed to do it <laughs> and now he's jeff glover and the other guy who knows yeah who know, the fuck is he Gone. Uh, who knows who yeah. know i mean he's probably you know he's probably still an agent and he's probably, he's probably really flipping busy burgers. flipping the burgers yeah. yeah he's always they're always really busy agents yeah. are really busy all the time and it's like dude if, if jim schaefer isn't really busy all the time how are you really busy all the time and you got eight deals going well, this year. Sit, sit he down. is really busy all the time but he knows how to be able to make time for things that matter yeah well, yeah jim schaefer tries to be home by six thirty-seven every day he's always got pictures of him and his beautiful daughter up which means he's spending time at home doing stuff you know the world like, needs ditch diggers right i guess don't be a ditch digger or don't yeah, I just think um, that's the difference. It's just you have to mentally get over the hurdle that um, you have to just be willing to do things that people who are successful tell you to do and get out of your own way. Let's that's talk about. I'm probably going to say that 15 times. No, no, no that's, that's panel, we have we have time. Okay. We got about 20, 20 more minutes, and I want to start. Is start there is there a up. goal time here? No, no. I, we we go as long as we go, but I want to be respectful of your time today, especially since we started a little later. I don't want to, and we could always do this again, right? But that's a we we've talked about opportunity generation pretty well right now. I'm not saying we've covered it completely. We haven't. It's only been an hour and, and forty five minutes, but a lot of the hurdles in this, and this is true of me, I think it's true of everybody, is. We do have some mental blocks and we do have to get it out of our way. Mm-hmm. What does how does a how does a successful mind operate when it comes to doing these things that maybe somebody's really uncomfortable with in the beginning or they've never done before, they're scared, or they, they've never thought about living a a commission life, meaning eat what you kill, kill what you eat. You don't get paid unless you close, right? right. You're just not punching a clock. You know, you don't get paid per hour no matter what happens. We do get paid per hour. Mm-hmm. Well, you do. But you it just get... might be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or less. You yeah. pay, right? Yeah. I've paid. Have you ever yeah. paid? To... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've paid to work. Yeah. yeah. Oops. But um, what kind of mentality? You're just starting out. How should you think? How should you approach things? I and don't know. Well, I, I know this. And Keller Williams, their brainwashing class is bold. And so, in bold, you're. I mean, in reality, step that's what one, it is. brainwash. No, right. for real, you do. Well, no, it starts early 30, in that. They've got ignite first, and then yeah. bold. But it, you, you are who you are at thirty, right? So if you're God, forty-five, fifty, that's well, true. You are who you are at thirty. So, Shit. Um, 
Where'd you get that? Who told you that? Study any behavioral assessment. You mm-hmm. are who you are when you're 30. So beyond uh, I mean, that, in fairness, I guess you probably, I, I think you're I've been the same forever anyway. So your, your personality, your personality is not going to change. Your habits can change and, you know, the things That's you do and don't do can change, but your yeah. natural personality is not. You are not going to take the disc test in 10 years from now and be an S mm-hmm. and a C. No. 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 Right? That's, you're just that's not. A good point. No. That's you good know point. what I mean? So yeah. your personality is and you are who you are. Um, and so now it's about how do you work the system around who you are to play to your advantage. How to hire S's yeah. and C's. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you hire S's and C's. That's right. Um, and, and But bold, they're doing, and I haven't done bold, but I know enough about it to speak on it, is they're doing chance. They're they're telling you to get over your limiting beliefs. You know, that's why KW's number one training company in the world. They're, they're doing all these things to push you past the threshold. You're coming in and your numbers are on the board as to who you mm-hmm. did and didn't dial the next You're doing the calls day. in the, like, in the session. Right. And if you don't, then they, you know, that you're paying to be yeah. there, so you better make the calls, and everyone else around you is making the calls. So it's it's um, they talk about it, and if you follow very successful teams, and both from sports and in the in professional world, peer pressure is a good thing; it's not a bad thing. And so when peer pressure is around you, that everyone's doing it, then why aren't you doing it? If I could go back, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to Rochester High if I wanted to be a state champion in wrestling, I would have gone to Davidson or Clarkston because I would have been surrounded by killers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you have no, you either die. Or you, you you become a killer, right? That's also so why top producing offices yourself. have a lot of top producers. So and low producing one, officers exactly. don't do anything. Surround yourself with sharks. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. be, be in a room of sharks and just mimic what they're doing. And it's no different. How fast do you learn a language when you move to that country, right? Mm-hmm. You That's move to terrible. Mexico, you better figure out Spanish quick or you're going to be in the women's bathroom all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sets the expectation for what the job even is. And I think that's like a thing. You know, when I first started, I went to an office that – there was not a lot of – I mean, granted, I mean, it was like when things were in the tank. We're talking 2009, you know, so there wasn't a lot of excited people in general around real estate, but there was no – But that's when the people were picking up the market share. Yeah, yeah, it. and there was no – there was no uh, – I mean, the market centers were not – we're not active, you know, and then I moved I, – I switched market centers and uh, the difference of – I, oh, it took took a minute for the leadership to kind of shift and go better. But after things kind of ramped up, like all of a sudden, killers go where killers are. And like now you've got this momentum of an office that even though my my primary focal area is in Troy, like I'm – these people are really awesome <laughs> at our office. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to – because they, they set the expectation then. And to see what they're doing and see how they're calling and see how they're doing things is like – you know, okay, I can do that too. Like, I know that guy. I got drunk with that guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, I could do that. You know, right. like, it breaks your, it breaks your putting them up on some pedestal mm-hmm. that no one can touch them. Um, we've been top sales in our market center the last two months. Yeah. If you would have told me that the case in February, I would have said you're an idiot. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some huge hitters in our office and Tommy's in the same office, right? And yet within seven months, we've bridged the gap. Yeah. That's right? crazy. I mean, it's, it's insane yeah. to say. You know what I mean? But had I not joined that market center and not seen the habits and not immersed myself in the culture you're talking about and surrounded myself by sharks, there's no chance. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't switched, there's no chance. You didn't even think it was a, a thing. Oh, yeah. And your, your broker and, was telling you it wasn't a thing. Yeah, you like, guys always laugh about my story, but it's true. Mm-hmm. When I said I want to do $50 million by 2020, I mean, the guy physically took a step back. Like, like it staggered <laughs> him. No, it, it staggered him physically. Like, oh, let's not be whoa. stupid here. You got to be realistic. Yeah, let's uh, not exactly. be unrealistic. Whoa, 50. 
fifty. That's a five zero, not a five. People or, don't do right? that. Yeah, yeah. Who so, does that? Joe right? does. Uh, yeah, there was somebody at so we'll one of the trainers that was like that. Uh, when a real comp, one of the sessions, and the girl next to me was like, you know, I brought up. I think I forget who I said, but the number that we were like, yeah, we did this much, this many million. She's like. Like that, just, like that wasn't even a thing in her world. She's like, "Who does more than two million dollars in real estate ever?" Yeah. Like, damn, just, time to change offices, right? Yeah, and and I think, um, and, and I'm I kind of get sick of people propping us up, and it's kind of like I don't. It's not embarrassing is the right word, but the the fact that we're on the panel within a short amount of time. I know why we're on the panel, but at the same time, if you look at everyone else who's on the panel coming up with uh, with me and the reason i'm on there is because of our team but it's like these guys have been doing it for such a period of time and i don't know why they put us on it but it's like all i'm doing is just following what they are doing yes i I signed up for that and i'm gonna go so so what i I can't remember what that's called let me pull up my calendar it's the mega agent panel for Mm -hmm. michigan and northern ohio right yeah, seventeenth. It's all November seventeenth at the sheridan yeah so it's i bought my tickets the other day but if if so everyone tells us how great we're doing, but then I'm like, in comparison to what? Mm-hmm. That's true. In comparison to if 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 Mike Perna was doing 33 million this year, it'd be the worst year he's had in four years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like it's, it's all like, relative. Yeah, it's like okay, if I told Lance Loken they're going to do 33 million this year, he'd be like, oh, that sucks. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, you're doing Maybe so great in comparison to who? Yeah. You know? If if my world, literally my world, is everyone doing like stupid amount of real estate, and Lance Loken came to recruit select, and he has a plan to do 1.8 billion mm-hmm. by 2025. 1.8 billion. 1.8 billion in a, a year by 20. Billion with a B. Yeah. And I literally got to pick his brain for two days for four hundred dollars. <laughs> what a great opportunity, you know. Yeah. So for those listening, it's Mega Agent Mastermind. I think you can get tickets when you walk in the door. No, it's going to be sold out. Here. Sold out. I think it's already sold out. I'm going to put yeah. it on there. Two one 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 Haggerty Road, Novi, Michigan four eight three seven. This is November seventeenth, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Remember, because you don't know when but they, the they have them going on all the time. They do a couple of those a year. So. Yeah, it's something worth attending. I'm going because Joe is there, and I want to make. Sure that uh, I thought that was pretty cool, and I was going to support him on that. Well, there's great my... info. It doesn't matter. It's it's business. It's a business. It was only ninety nine dollars too. Panel. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the best thing about KW. You get it's to pick all the brains of these cheap. guys. Yeah. yeah. Collectively, through that eight hours, if you added up what everyone's dollar per hour was and totaled it up, and then looked at it when it was all oh, said yeah. done, times it by the eight hours that everyone. Yeah, was it's there. like a fifty thousand dollar coaching <laughs> session. Yeah, and you're paying a hundred bucks to get in the door, mm, right? A yeah. hundred dollars times the. $2, and there's probably food. So yeah. it's like, yeah, uh, that, that's the best thing about KW is you have access to these individuals and they're not on some crazy pedestal. Oh, they'll and, call. They'll call. When I first I went to Bruce Hardy um, and I asked him because he has there's a video and Bruce Hardy is a huge shooter out on the in the northwest. I think he's the regional director for the northwest. Uh, May not be anymore. He, he's I think, in. I don't even know what he is. I think Craig Rieger is now. He, he was. He's in Seattle, but he has people all over the country. He's an Australian fellow and he has a video on our training back end, KW Connect. And, uh, you know, he's giving his listing presentation and I emailed him because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to, you know, under the <laughs> right, assumption right. that, you know. That, well, if you're with a red hot air balloon, you're not supposed e- exactly. to. Exactly. That's, you know, so I, did, but no, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to get a hold of him. So I emailed the guy and I was like, hey, I saw your video. It was really good. I want to use your listing presentation style, but uh, I couldn't see any of your paperwork. What's, you know, what's, what is the, the paper, the, what is, what is your, the, the physical print of your, your listing presentation look like? He's like, yeah, no problem. He shared his entire drop 
Dropbox marketing folder with me. Holy shit. The whole thing, everything. He's got TV commercials. like, And he didn't know me. He's like, yeah, no problem. And he, and he just shared the whole thing with me, and I just got to go through all of his materials. Oh, ben like, Kenny will do the same thing. Uh, Lance Loken sent out all of his business planning stuff. Literally the whole – we got something like – 13 or 14 different Excel sheets and files and everything he has mapping out his entire business, what they've done and what they're planning on doing. Mm. It's like, and what did we spend on this? $400? It's like the greatest deal of all time. That's crazy. Two days. I got to personally pick his brain. Anyone have questions? I sure as hell do. Let yeah. me ask him. So I, got, can I, got, I, got, I got a dozen. Can I get a copy of all that stuff? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Look so. me up. I'll give you 200 bucks for but a copy. No one else <laughs> asking questions. You know what I mean? And I'm in the room with Herner. I'm in the room with uh, Glover. I'm in the room with all these different guys. And you know, there's a guy, Sean, who I didn't know he was anyone, but he's a guy who runs a pretty large team out of uh, Minneapolis. And you're in this room with all these. You don't have a choice. All these guys that have done Diane Griffin was there um, like four people that were on that four or five people that were on that panel were in that room and then mm. you flew in a guy doing 230 million this year who's leading it Holy you know what shit. I mean you take Perna and you take Glover and you combine them they're a little bit more than than the guy leading the room and he Lance Logan he was absolutely awesome but he's up there you could just tell he was so nervous to start he was fiddling with his hands he's this I'm like he's as low eye as it gets and it turns out he's a 9-1 one nine or something on his AVA, which means he's the most assertive person alive with no sociability, no patience, and but um is all systems. You know what I mean? And it's like so he's a driver with systems, you know what I mean? That's, That's a, a real pain combo. in the ass person. Oh, yeah. I can imagine there's a lot of yelling at that yeah. office. <laughs> There, there is yeah. some really. He doesn't yeah. drink too, does he? Because yeah. that could be brutal. Big wine guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, that's where he's hired like half his teams from the wine bar. You know what I mean? Oh and, man. And uh, he just watches people. It's like he's Wolf the of Wall Street. Compliance. Yeah. Just well, flip this table over and kick somebody in the throat. Yeah. Sign. Yeah. <laughs> Signing. Yeah. He's just. You've well, you look at Renee. Minutes. Renee's a nine asterisk assertive, but a nine asterisk governor. So she's the most professionally assertive person you've ever met in your life. You know what I mean? Listen, you're an asshole, but there's here's all the rationale as to why you, you are. You that just asshole, wait right? until you got those kids out, my friend. You're in for oh, a very already, different I world. Have the pregnancy hormones you warned me about. I'm just like I cannot. Shh, cannot. She won't yeah. listen. She won't no. listen. I say it to her face anyway. So, which is why I get stabbed. I could tell by her email policy with me. I said I don't respond in a certain amount of time. <laughs> Like about an hour, I get another one. And now Jeremy, I, just want to confirm that you got the email at three thirty-three p.m. at eleven sixteen. Well, it works. She trained me. Whenever she emails me now, it's like I better respond or I'm going to get another one. You know, so yeah. I'm falling right in line with exactly what yeah. she wants. Well, me respond to do. with a sense of urgency is one yeah. of the isms that we believe in, right? Like, so. Jeremy, I know you saw it. She probably has some yesware program. <laughs> Reply that she didn't say that. She's very yeah. professional. Well, uh, I've heard it. I've heard well, Jeremy doesn't respond that quickly. I'm like probably because he's out farming. Yes. <laughs> so he's like. That or he's time-blocked emails, right? Again, time actual yeah, farms. Yes. A real farm. So yeah. step one, surround yourself with sharks. Step two, find a leader in the industry and see if you can't copy and paste, right? Right. And I think you I think you said it a lot. Um, and I'm not sure if it's on the podcast or just, just hanging out, but you're not Steve Jobs. I'm not no. Steve Jobs. Yeah. We're not innovators in a sense of we're going to change the world. So why don't you get the system up and running like the Emria model is, right? You get the house and then you can add some creativity. Right, instead of just trying to patch all this creativity together and watch it crumble. That's a good so, know thyself. The hobo house. The hobo house. Yep. It took me thirty two years to even begin to wrap my mind around who I was and I wasn't. And life got a lot easier 
once I realized what I wasn't. I think one advantage for me was um, and why we've accelerated in real estate so fast is when I was 19, I was running my own small business within a structure. I was running a business within a business, and that's no different than what I'm doing now. We're running business within KW, and I look at KW as the structure, and this is what you're supposed to do, so this is what we go out and do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing that the whole time. So step three would be massive action, execution, right? Surround yourself by sharks. Know the rules. Copy and paste. Know yeah. the rules. And play the game. Play win. the game <laughs> yeah. to win. Know the rules and play, right? So you got to know the rules, though, because you got to surround yourself with – I mean, if Tommy never answered – I was so set on – I was the only reason I even called Keller Williams when Tommy told me was it was cheaper than where I was at. That was the reason I was really? going to call them is because it was cheaper. I mean, what? It didn't cap. It makes me want to shake people today. You know what I mean? When I'm like, why aren't you with KW? Oh, well, they're more expensive. I hear that. I'm like, who gives a shit? How much it costs? They could charge me three times what they charge me today. It's like not a lot of – if you've run any other kind of a business ever, your cost of goods for what you produce is like – so minimal. The, I mean, how much does a broker cost? Like, I mean, to if if, if you want to make a million bucks, would you be willing to spend twenty five grand to make a million bucks? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot to not. Yeah. Like, I had the print shop, and it would literally, I'd have to spend, you know, four or five million dollars in equipment for me to personally be pulling in that kind of, you know, a million bucks a year in my pocket or whatever. Like, it's just not even in rational. Connection it's, with how it's much hard the to, costs it's hard are. to talk to people about it though because to them it's not real yet. And I literally told Natalie no the one time because the old office I was at offered me a better deal. I and remember, said, yeah, yeah. And I said when you what you know, and they took and you to family like, reunion, right? Yeah, <laughs> what you know and like if all everything's the same, you stay with what you know, right? And so I knew what I, I if it, it was virtually the same. And I said she goes ultimately over a few thousand dollars when you're making a million. What's the difference? And I'm like, yeah, okay, making a million dollars, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, great in conceptual form, right? And then and then yeah, then, then I went did to, it. Then I went to family reunion. I was like, there's a big wide world out there. There's a lot of people actually <laughs> making a million dollars. Wait, 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 did he say he did? 1700 transactions not 1700 dollars <laughs> like what <laughs> you can do 1700 transactions in a year right and so you were thinking big so you have to have the mindset going in and, and think big i've never thought bigger in my life you have to have a goal so big it scares you and 130 million next year scares the shit out of me really? well oh, yeah. it does until you do it and then right 130 million is you got to understand that that will so if you think about it from a rational perspective right in reality it's just numbers and people so if you get this many opportunities and you have this many people to service it, you'll and you convert at this rate, you'll spit out the it sales scales. number, yeah. right? And it's just a spreadsheet. You just got to fill the spreadsheet, and there's mm-hmm. a little more to it. But that's the general idea, right? But 130 million puts us top 10 in all of KW. Let's well, work, which is the largest think, brokerage in the world. Totally, totally a doable scenario, man. Yeah. Especially now with the resurgence of our particular area. I think over the next several years, we're going to be having a serious situation. Assuming the shift doesn't happen. But if the shift does happen, maybe you just have to push more volume. Mm-hmm. And so all your onesie, twosie agents, your agent bumping around doing eight transactions a year is going to fall out of the market. So yeah. you've got to capture their market share. So, And I think us – us being you and I, since we're licensed, are uniquely positioned to shift our marketing to an investor-based, um, an investor-based 
Oh, if things sales, shift, I've already got a scenario sales, for that. Because we're both so involved in the investor world, even though I do very little investor transactions today, I could easily pick it up and make it my niche again if I wanted to. Yeah, if we and had a again, shift, I, mean, I would send my whole time joint venturing my ass off. And I would have <laughs> – I oh, my God. Yeah, a shift is not as frightening to me as it once would have been. No, because you're, you're able to you're able to be mobile and docile. And, you it's know, a huge – everything so is a huge opportunity. Business, again, talking you know? about from a business and running this like a business, there's no better – business to where you're tied to very little expenses than real estate. No way, nowhere. Everyone but my one admin uh, who makes $40,000 a year plus bonus when we tear out, every other person, if they don't close, they don't make any money. Mm -hmm. right? That's the way it should be. Man. Right? I think so performance my pay is, is sexy nothing. and wonderful. You can shut down Mojo. It's a month-to-month -month contract. Mm -hmm. So shit hits the fan. Mojo's gone in a month, right? Okay, I was on the hook for another fifteen hundred bucks because we have more than one line dialer. We have five, right? So I got an ad contract that runs for twelve months. But other than that, right? I have Zillow at a thousand a month. So if if worse comes to worse, I'm out twelve grand or whatever the remainder of that contract is, right? Mm -hmm. Other than that, I mean, Keller Williams pays for my office space, yep. right? Keller Williams pays for the rent on the office space. Keller Williams carries the space. They carry the printer. They carry the internet. I mean, the mobility of it, when I think back to what we launched coming out of college, mm -hmm. and that was a clothing brand, and I've got fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 tied up in inventory, yep. and that's a very, very small, <laughs> small inventory. Small yeah. yep. inventory. Yep. And I think back to that, and we put ourselves hundreds of thousands in credit card debt, yep. and I'm like, God, if I could only go back. Oh, I, man, I remember spending you know a hundred grand on, on equipment in a weekend, and it's still not being enough for the stuff I needed to How get delivered. How much equipment have you bought for your real estate business today? Oh, I mean, I've got a phone. <laughs> <laughs> right. And a I've computer. got a laptop yeah. and I got the nice one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, I guess my car kind of counts. You needed a car anyway, not count. Okay, so really what counts is what you would have bought and what you have, the difference yeah. no, in cash. No, it's nowhere near the same. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So you're right. I wouldn't have bought the uh, basically new Yukon if I wasn't in showing up to You were just hunting for a tax listing, break. Right? Well, it was a tax break, <laughs> and you don't show up to $800,000 listing that I'm listing in the spring Yes, in my Ford Escape with the fender that's popped out. Right? Gary so, Keller would, though. You yeah. know what? That thing is fucking beautiful, and I would go out and look at it every day in the garage, just marvel at it. Yeah, well, we just got a deep detailed so you can pop oh, a woody when you walk oh, out so <laughs> there's nothing greater in this country than our cars i don't care what anybody says sure they may not the best built cars not our women whatever no no not even our women our fucking cars man <laughs> they're huge they're beautiful and you know what they're calling the yank tanks in britain you yep. know what with your fucking shitty roads and your shitty ugly cars europe you, you know no that's funny well, you don't you're know talking about it. other people's bad roads i am <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i live there did you hear about now we're going to be like the number one gas cost in the country now yeah, yeah for everything that's how we from. Well, yeah, it's a let's, let's wrap it up with one of the reasons why I was so attracted to you guys is – it's going to sound like some new age guru shit. It's not. But it's it's a way of approaching business sure. um, where you approach it from an abundance mentality yeah. instead of a scarcity, scarcity mentality. mentality. And the yeah. reason why it's, it's right on my head is I don't want to mention names, but I reached out to some people and I was looking for some referrals. And it was amazingly difficult. I was just trying to get some referrals for some people on RDI and like, well, is this for you or is this for somebody else? Because if it's not, I don't want to hand it out too much because this person is, I don't want them so busy. They can't help me. And it just stuck. It was like, it was, it was like a rock hitting me in the head. I hadn't yeah, been around it in so long. Yeah. Wait, they, um, but in, what are they, what? I was trying to get referrals and, and they wouldn't give them to they you. They would not. They asked if it was specifically for me and I said, no, it's for another renegade. 
And um, I don't know. I'm not trying to take this out of context, but hmm. I, I would refer anybody out to anybody because why wouldn't I want them to make as much money as they possibly could? Yeah. Right. That's that's how I think I money think. is the easiest thing to get access to because it's the only thing around us that everyone's got some of. Well, like if you tried to buy something for 17 chickens, it would be way harder for you to leave this building, walk outside and find somebody with 17 chickens and somebody with 17 bucks. That's true. Like, I mean, because everybody's, that's how the whole world functions. Money is the most ubiquitous thing that's out there. It's everywhere. But, but you're talking about like, um, I've heard another mega agent's going to expand into the market we're targeting. My first mindset was like, oh shit. Right. And then I was like, well, they can be second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at first my scarcity mindset was like, "Oh no!" And then I was like, eh, "Whatever." Like, no. you're not going to dominate my you can't, city. You can't you're just get not. them all anyway. It's impossible yeah, because I mean, just not. year over year for the past five years, Troy averages about 850 transactions a year. So even if some huge shooter does come into an area, it's still 850 transactions going down. There's always space. There's always space. There's and always maybe it space. would have been 1600. And if you're doing it right, there. the neighbor is always going to get the business. Right? Yeah, because yeah. you have you have a competitive advantage that they cannot, that they don't have. And if you're pushing any type of volume and you are the neighbor, you're going to win. And especially if you've got a system that actually functions. So I mean, you have to again. It's you're lucky if you're prepared. <laughs> You well, know? that's one thing you guys do. You're always helpful. You're always encouraging. That's a big you always KW. answer the phone. That's a big KW thing. Respond. Yeah. Always encouraging. Always trying to get more people business. Always trying to help people out. And I don't think it's an accident where it's a sharing culture. Yeah, you're trying to serve. Um, and what do you say? Coming from a place of contribution. Yes. Yeah, and not a scarcity mindset. Is um, I also like to call it a service mentality. Right. Sure. Winning with through service, yeah, right. That's how, and it seems that's how you get a premium is also a service as well. And and service doesn't really cost you anything either. Which I was, why, how why can did, you lose? How can you go wrong? I mean, even if it doesn't work every single case, you still weren't yeah. a dick. That's <laughs> like so you still don't lose. That's you know? why I have a hard time wondering how this is so. Why so few people have it? I run into way. Until the last year, I really. I don't really run into that. I find this to be the standard so operating about the circle procedure. You roll in. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. My, my circle is a very sharing culture. That's what I was saying earlier when, um, when I was when you got when I've gotten into a certain circle of people, it's like where have you been all my life? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, um, whereas before, people just had they were it was a matter of circumstance that you were friends with them. Um, Perna talks about how uh, his five closest friends he has to fly and see now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, I mean, in his, you've gotten to a, a certain world in which other stuff just doesn't make sense to be friends with because mm-hmm. it's just, they're, they don't have the same core. That's values. definitely happened to me, That's you know, and it, it gives you a minute where you almost feel like, yeah, I asked you a question. Well, am I being like a dick? Am I an elitist? Am I this? Am I that? And they're, no, it's not. The reality is, is that my perspective and the life that I have is totally different than, you know, some other people's perspectives. And it's like, you know, what, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just keep hanging out with the same people and the bad mentalities and what you know? And there's I I don't I I I really enjoy seeing other people succeed a lot. Yes, because 
Why, who wouldn't? We, that's, that's I feel funny. like we're out in church. Praise Jesus! Well, that's an right there. Like, amen. <laughs> who would? Who doesn't? Yeah. Who, who, who wants to yeah. see? Yeah, you want to see other people win? Yeah. Who, yeah. I mean, no. Awesome. I want to hang out in a place where everybody's everybody's off. I'd rather bitch like, all day. Oh, Life sucks. is so hard. Like, I mean, I go to uh, there's a bar that I used to go to when I was a kid, you know, and I you haven't been back there forever. I go back there, you know, just to see that you know old people or whatever because we had a thing friend's house or whatever i stopped in and you know everybody's still there but it's 30 it's you know 10 years later and they're all everybody's pissed about everything like yeah this sucks and that sucks and you know i left the place thinking i was like i can't come back here anymore like you change your reality there's nothing here for me like and i I realized how much it changed since then i don't don't turn on the news that's what i I don't none of that stuff really i don't get you get you i was i was after you getting sucked into too much stupidity you know what i mean just um yeah there's no point if, if you can't get upset about things you never read there's no return on the can't. investment anyway. You just yeah. can't. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not possible to be mad about something you never knew about. <laughs> it's true. No, I, no, I, I just, totally like, I just the same. I, I live in this little KW bubble, mm-hmm. and, and then and then I live in my little bubble with my wife and our dogs and our upcoming baby, and then, like, I've got family. But then, like, if it's not my team and it's not something I'm listening to with KW and it's not my wife or my mm-hmm. family – then I'm really probably not listening to it. And I guess the one humble. <laughs> well, that thing makes is, me feel better. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're, that's your KW, right? No, I mean, yeah. I we're, I do the same exact yeah. thing. And like, I, I think, like, am I being weird? Like, I just don't allow stupidity into it. You it's know? not worth it. My There's mom, no return. My mom, and I love my mom, but my mom, if she calls with something negative, and I'm not saying she always does, but when she does, it's like this morning, right? She's all, oh, blah, blah, blah. I don't mm-hmm. even know what she was talking about because I tuned it out by the time I, I'm like, oh, this isn't going the direction I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully they take care of that. Great, I'll talk to you soon. You yeah, I do this. Go. If it's a positive conversation, I'm I'm there. You know what I mean. But I'm just not interested in having, um, whether it's my mom or um, especially if there's know, nothing you here, can do here's about a, here's it. Here's a very real conversation. <laughs> I didn't talk to my grandma, who was one of my closest people, for two years before she died. The two years before she died, because every time she called me, she was involved in some type of stirring up of drama. Uh-huh. And I finally turned my. It took me an hour conversation. It took me two hours to decompress off of that hour conversation because it was so emotionally charged over whatever thing she was upset about, even mm-hmm. though she played a major, major role in my life, right? And I just made the decision I'm not going to allow an energy vampire to suck my life away any longer. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I can't. It's, I'm doing myself a disservice, and I'm doing her a disservice by allowing her to ruin her time by venting to me, Yeah, right? To self-reinforcing loop. Yeah. It was extremely difficult. One of my closest people in my life to just cut them out. Um, especially when it's your grandmother, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Someone who really taught you the foundation of hard work, but at the same time also was teaching a foundation of negativity. Mm-hmm. And um, Well, that was the lesson I had to learn three years ago when I had to go in and just cut. I didn't realize, you know, it's kind of like being blind and then they do surgery and that part of your brain kicks back on again. All of a sudden you can see and you're like, holy You didn't shit. know all the things you were missing? Yeah, you're like, holy <laughs> shit, man, these people fucking suck, you know? <laughs> God, what am I doing? Like, he's like, boy, I took a left instead of a right, and I'm, <laughs> I'm in the hood. And like, no, and like, I got to turn around. I need to go back the other way, and that's what it felt like to me. I felt like I was. It actually kind of felt like I was being pulled out of the deep end of the pool. And like, <gasps> a huge breath, they like cough up some water. Like it was that close. Like another year, and I might not have. And I don't know if this is true or not. Just how it felt to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. Maybe even another minute, and I. And I would have been stuck in it forever. Right. And I just somehow managed to either pulled out, get out somehow. And it was like a breath of fresh air. Like I was just finally like, holy cow, these people really don't care if I do well or not. 
In fact, they would prefer if I didn't. Right, because they want you to be miserable with them. Well, and that they, justifies yes. their failures. Typically, their family, that's the only thing I can assume. You know that that's it the happens. motivator. It happens. You can't pick family. No, and, and that doesn't mean you cut family off. And that was a pretty extreme thing for me, especially me being a people person. Um, but it's reality. I mean, you have to. It sounds great in concept, and when you're sitting on the other end of the fence and you're in the deep end like you are talking about and you're hearing people like we are talking about it, um, it doesn't sound real. Yes. You know what I mean? You're sitting there and you're like, oh, that sounds great in concept, but really they're just saying that or you know, I could never do that. And reality is you have to just take a step-by-step step and you have to get – I was telling someone who was suffering from PTSD and I'm like, you need to get some – and I'm no psychologist, but I'm like, all I know is if you get a couple wins under your belt and then you just keep getting wins under your belt, eventually winning is going to be contagious because you're a competitor and you're going to keep winning. Right now you're stuck in this little circle of mm. – um, where you don't Stress. believe wins exist. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? You got to get out there and win at something and then win again and win again. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It won't hurt the situation. That's for sure. Winning never, I've never won and go, well, that's worse. You know? No. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what it is. You just got to get out there, whether it's um, going out there and volunteering and helping and getting other people embracing you and thanking you for the work you're putting in or whatever it is. You just got to pull yourself without that circle and realize, look around you and say, well, are these five people closest to, if, on average, and this isn't true for me, but in general, if you took your five closest people and average their income, you probably make roughly that amount of money. Yeah. So, you are your network, right? Yeah. And to a certain degree. So if you're – that's why I've tried to push myself and force myself into higher and higher uh, social circles, not in a sense of um, – Net worth, but in it, it just happens that they happen to be net worth, but performance, right? But people that are building big, big businesses, and it has nothing to do with real estate. I don't care what the product is, but no, you got more in common. People, exactly. You got the things to talk about. And I could sit there and I was out, we were on a double date with someone, and it, um, he happened to be family. And he's like, All you do is talk about work. I'm like, It's not work. That's life. life. That's it's our life. Work. This is yeah. my life. Well, you know? and, and, and the flip side, that's what they talk about is uh, is uh, TV shows. Like, oh, did you see this? And they can sit down and talk for two or three hours about some show Friends that's on or show. whatever. I don't even know. Movie quotes for days. You know? And they talk Not about movies, but God. But seriously, and it's but at the same time, if you want to spend two hours having a conversation about building a business or doing something else, and they're just like, Psh. I mean, that's like, what are you talking about workforce, not work? This is your baby, man. This is your baby. That's what you do for fun. I mean, it's kind of like money, Dungeons and Dragons. I gave up TV and movies and all that shit years ago. I just, I can't do it, man. I don't, I tried. I watch business shows. Like I, we watched. I watched Gold Rush last night. I was like, no, is, I like I like Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue, dude. A little too much yelling in Germany. Germ- well, I mean, it's me, like but, yeah. I mean, I'm not in New Jersey anymore, so I need <laughs> to get just, it somehow. So you can yell with your TV. Yes, that is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Throw him out. <laughs> that is true. Fire his ass. Fire that <laughs> son of a bitch. Just get him to fuck up. Yeah, no, I. It actually that is That's a quote. Angry Tommy, that yeah. actually I did do that. Kate didn't let the kids downstairs when I was watching it one time. <laughs> <laughs> Drama. Don't Drama. go downstairs. Dad's watching Bar Rescue. Yeah. Dad's drinking a rum and coke and watching Bar Rescue. Don't go down there. He's screaming at the TV again, Mom. <laughs> That, that doesn't would happen be, often. No, right? that's all. That's only on New Year's. And I'm happy to see television is taking a bit of a, depending on what you allow yourself to watch, but it's taking a bit of a shift where there's more business centric 
shows on, like Shark Tank, like The Prophet, um, some CNBC stuff. I mean, there's if you want and you're able to filter your world to it, you can really – there's some valuable stuff if you watch it. Like I've learned a lot from Shark Tank watching it and just talking about business I should watch that. I've never stuff. actually even seen um, any of those profit, shows. The Prophet, people – what, people – what is it? People – People product process or people product process, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God, everything he's saying like makes so much freaking sense. I'm like, and then you're sitting there and when you're a real freak like I am, you're like, I wonder what his AVA is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not weird at all. I think that's stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah like, hmm, I, 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 yeah, I actually refer to people by this type. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the IC guy, right? Yeah. Like, what the hell are you what talking about? What are you talking about? about? Well, it's, it's a IG. legit thing, especially yeah. once you start tailoring your approach to dealing with them based on what their profiles are, changing your you know, your tact on how you talk to them. Like that really starts to – I love Jeremy's last email to me. Well, I'm glad you let me waste all my time. I'm like, and there's the high D right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I apologize the next day. I thought about that for Oh, you didn't have to apologize to me because I laughed. Because he's I was like, oh, too. <laughs> It was almost a picture of my dick, but I somehow rained We're all high D's here, man. Like, sorry, Jeremy, I can't convince Wells Fargo to think differently. I apologize. Hey, I thought that was... Here's their 800 number, best of luck to you. That was the best three sentences I ever wrote, and you just tossed it aside. Those are great sentences. Call their customer service line, Jeremy. I'm sure they'll really give a shit. I'm about to read them right now. No, I won't do that. that. Yeah, Yeah, that is the maniac in me. I sometimes, not sometimes, I always, I try not, that's what I hate about email too. And and in real life, I never would have done it, you know? The keyboard badass. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, fuck you. And then you're like, next day, like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. That's my dad. My dad's a keyboard badass. He'll write something up on email and be like, so why'd you send me, why'd you say, hey, you're an idiot and don't ever screw up like that. Why'd you say, well, I'm I write a lot of nasty yeah. emails that and posts delete? that don't get sent because yeah. it's like I vent it out. And then Have you guys ever seen my post anywhere. on Facebook that don't show up a few seconds later? Have you ever seen them pop in your news feed and disappear? No. no. I've had a few of I've had a couple yeah. too, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I've gotten really good at almost immediately like just being like, nope, that doesn't serve any benefit. Now I've gotten to the point yeah. where I do, I can do it mid, like I just start. I'm three words in and I'm like, ah, oh, there's no reason to do any of this. And I just stop and I just scroll away. And that person and what they said was gone forever. I don't yeah. have to deal with it. I did one. I posted in a KW group, um, which people in our office belong to. Like, is this true of your market center where they do this dumb shit, essentially? And then right? you realize. And, like, then I, oh. and then like, I deleted it, but someone in our office saw it and like called me in and was like, so I just want to talk to you about this. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, I just wanted, do you not like it here? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Let's talk about your feelings, Joe. <laughs> Yeah. What? I'm, just I'm like, high D. Uh, yeah, I'm slack. just like, I deleted it. It was a moment of weakness. Goodbye. Yes. I have plenty. I have plenty. But I do feel those. that way. But it was still accurate. So Yeah, it was accurate. I just uh, didn't happen to, you know, not click on her. So, yeah, that was, that was interesting. I just don't want you to not like it here. I'm like, oh, my God. I'll be just fine, Mom. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. I I'm trying to work. Well, good. So now we made a viral video that we can post about the exact same topic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, nobody watches or listens to this yet. But yeah. In two years, it'll come back to bite us all in the end. Hey, it helps me with big. my marketing. I like it. That's right. That's why when Jeremy throws an F-bomb in in the first 10 seconds of the show, I'm like, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Can't post and, uh, this, this one is up. Uh, Renegade Detroit fucking investors, bitches. <laughs> yeah. 
your sorry loser, don't reach out and contact me. I got to do something or I get too many emails. And I gotta... Unless you're a total fucking ass clown, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should tone it down a little bit. It's like there and... is a middle ground. <laughs> would that be the high There's D a middle ground of censorship that's internal. <laughs> And, and when you gotta have a guy from Hoboken tell you this, you've got an issue. Hey, it's branding, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Jeremy quote fucking quote Burgess. There you go. Ladies Is that on your business card? It should be. It should be. It should just be a middle finger on my website. Odds are, I hate you. I'm kidding. I'm I love kidding. the first time I reached out to Jeremy. I like messaged him on Facebook. I sent him an email. I did this. And he goes, yeah, I usually ignore the first five or six contacts. By the sixth, I know, oh, you're probably, you know, pretty serious about this. Yes. <laughs> wow. It was also, it was a different Jeremy at the time. That's a hell of a follow-up like, system. Kind of hard to grow a, a renegade group, isn't it, when you don't <laughs> respond to anyone? I was in a dark place, Joe. <laughs> it was a dark personal place. Like, oh, I made it here anyways. The high D in me wouldn't relent. You will be my friend. I actually still do that sometimes. Like if I'm unsure about someone, then I just won't respond and I see what they do. And that's probably I don't know if that's a good thing to do or not. If I'm unsure, meaning like if I know, I'm like okay. I think I like you need them. to assume that they'll be fine until they're not. Really? Yes. I don't know. Try and flip that script. That's a whole I might. That's a whole life life change though. You've got to automatically just assume people are there to help instead of harm. And mm-hmm. then and then when you're able to do that, I think um, that has been my experience, off. though, for the most part. The people who I've found to be toolboxes are much fewer and further between than the people who are generally of benefit. Some of them are confused about exactly, you know, I mean, they're they're you know, might be in their own dark place. Like, I mean, a lot of with the negative attitude stuff. I mean, you go to that bar and hang out with those guys. They don't think they don't know that they're in the bucket. You know, they don't they don't know that they're. You know they're in darkness, and they they're trying to be helpful to each other by sharing the darkness that they're in. No, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it's it's bizarre. Being thrown up on where the person next to you is just like. Oh yeah, we don't have to deal with it, but that's. I mean, that is what it is. That's that's their their nature of mirroring and pacing each other. That's how their rapport functions. That's a vampire computer. Those are vampires getting other sucking each other's energy. Yeah, I I also just want to see what somebody will do over time. I have. I'm better at it now. But I, I am not able, I wasn't able to pick them at all. And I was very Try and take the next step. Take I'm the a, next step where you assume everyone's going to be fine until they're not. I mean, you roll just generally what you do. You roll in a little slimier circle of um, having yes. to deal with slimy people. Yes. So in general, just take the mindset of that people are going to help instead of harm. And then once they harm, just cast them aside. Who cares? Life goes on. Mm-hmm. That would be You're going to meet a lot more helpful people by assuming everyone's helpful than. Yeah. Then assuming you're all right, all right, all right. Jesus, <laughs> fine. I'll it's, stop using the F word for the next minute. I'm not going to stop using the F word, but I'll just. Uh... Well, at least actively hostile people, I don't come across as yeah. much. I mean, I, I do come across some shorten... fairly ignorant people, but that's not really their fault. They're just dumb. I will shorten. <laughs> it doesn't the count the same. Trap, all right, yeah. so I'll put fewer obstacles. I just want to work with serious people, and I know if somebody follows up with me a shit ton of times, then that generally means they're serious. You know, well, we just had a guy. Um, or a couple of houses in uh, in Redford. Deed fraud, total guy. I was suspicious, and I, I put him through. I didn't catch him on the first one. And well, that was the, ti- the title thing. Title right? company yeah. okayed the first one. I'm like, well, shit, must be good. And then we caught him on the second one. Right, but you know? ultimately he got caught, and you he being did. you know, a general, you know, 
just being generally skeptical of everyone didn't catch it. So you might as well just be generally um, non-skeptical. It's and easy to say when you haven't fucked up your life as bad as I fucked mine up, not being skeptical enough. It's probably good advice, but uh, – Or not being positive enough and getting into positive circles that – you could take that any number of directions. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't live where I live either. Being surrounded by jackals all the time is not the best thing. That, for, I think, uh, was probably – I mean there's definitely some opportunities. I see a lot less of that in the neighborhoods that I deal with yeah. because there's probably just a lot less of it in general in yes. those neighborhoods. Yes. Living in Newport Beach, I was like, wow, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money yes. out mm-hmm. here in this world. Why do you think I keep trying to hang out with you guys and stuff? And I'm like, man, you get the fuck out of here. Like, like, this guy lives on the highway. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of weird. You're telling me he sells a lot of houses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someday when yeah. I'm out on my farm, but uh definitely on the environment thing, I think you I think you guys are right about that. And I and hey, I'm getting there. I need to I, I'm better, I think. I'm yeah, progress. absolutely. I, I would just yeah. say my biggest thing, and I'm not trying to harp on you, but I would really take a conscious effort of just assuming people are out for good instead of bad. No, that's good and, advice. Um I think you'll so you're saying that the skepticism didn't catch some bad people in your life, but maybe the skepticism allowed bad people in your life instead of being positive and you would have attracted more positive people. Because I can tell you this, if I'm around someone who's, and I'm not saying this is who you are, but at all, I'm just saying in general, if I'm around negative people, I tend to gravitate away from them immediately. I'm very much noticed right. that and more and I don't and more. know anyone who is a mega agent or a top producer who, tolerated. who is a generally, is assuming that other people are out to get them in some way, right? So I say I in general, the wealthy people that I've met across multiple industries are like that. They tend to look out in ways to help each other exactly. and they tend to revel in each other's successes. Exactly. Like yes. they enjoy it. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you say I'm negative or? I'd say you get drawn into more negative conversations than you don't have you to should. whitewash it. I'll be okay. No, no, no. I'm not saying I you're think, negative at I think all. that you're so full of together, energy. You're very positive. But I think you get drawn into well, – that's what I was telling you before you need to censor your information when outside of this podcast in the past, you need to censor your information because if you never read it, you never got upset about it, which means you never got frustrated. Where you were talking about your Facebook page to begin with, right? Yes. Full of angry things that you've allowed into your life. They're basically you honeypots for people to get shitty with you. Yeah. And like if you've got so you much energy in you innately, like you're a fiery person and all of that energy is – you push it out into the world and say, energy vampires, have out all this shit. <laughs> you know, and Somebody then, come fight me about Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. Exactly. That's what the post is. That is and none of that made none of us money but Jesus it definitely is not me giving off. you any money unless, <laughs> unless you start a church yeah. and then he might be able to get yeah. you paid. But yeah. I can't imagine oh, that going well inner, for you. His inner angry at Jesus is about to come out about starting a church. No. Actually, yeah. that's something my uh, – my sister is like, dude, if you did that, you'd make so much money. Yeah. You're like, you're so good. You know the Bible better than they Angry do. Jesus Church? You're like, yeah, no, I've read it. So <laughs> I, I don't advocate Fire and brimstone that sell, model. baby. Yeah. <laughs> but and I, I think that's the gist, right? You didn't make any money during that time. And no. What's more important, fighting with, you know. How much energy got burned around. up in that, though? Yeah. I mean, because you, I've seen you. You spend, I've watched when I'm calling and doing stuff, and I've watched like a three, four-hour progression go of a huge freak out with, you know, who's it, Dennis? You're yelling at Dennis all the time, and it's like, dude, you just wasted like your prime 
prospecting time or marketing yes. energy for all that. And and then, or, or, that or farming your, or your doing whatever you're period doing. Yeah. that goes into like, yeah. it's like, well, this, this weekend I'm going to study the Council of Nicaea, you know? And it's like, well, <laughs> fuck, man, you could have also done an every door direct mailer, you know? Yeah. Like, That's true. Well, I have not I think always you look invested at, my time it can't wisely. Be, it can't be an outlet of I used to do that too when I was younger. Don't feel bad. It's not just you. I went to Catholic school, so I had, you know, I had anger issues when I was younger. My natural tendency in the environment I grew up in is to scream about everything. Yeah, well, you're Italian and yeah. you're a high Everything, D. Whoever was the loudest wins. wins. Right. Yeah, yeah. wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The person who was yelling so loud it was hoarse. The vein. Yeah. yeah. The so vein and the neck yeah. tendons. Yeah. go all caps. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's that, that works. mistake I've yeah. been making. Is- <laughs> that's, um, but I, I'm lucky that I've put myself in circles where um, – not lucky. I've I've intentionally put myself in circles where that doesn't occur. And I married a woman who, when I talk this loud, I'm yelling. So it's it's a very different. That's weird because you married Irish. Yeah. Which yeah, that is weird. It's well, my very- my wife was uh, their their family. They don't. There's not really any communication. Like very very quiet. Oh, is this passive aggressive family? It's it's like yeah. If somebody's been upset, it's like well, you're just, just you're just not getting garbage. spoken to for two yeah. days. And no, like yeah, our yeah, Irish family is like, well, what? We have to talk about everything. So it's a very effective technique that she's. Developed. I love when they don't speak to me. That's like the perfect scenario. Don't tip the hand that that's ever bad. Well, right? I've learned now that this is just the flow of it. So now I'm just like, okay, well then I guess I'll I don't know. Play Xbox the inner anger in me. Yesterday we were arguing. I don't even know about what. And it was like after about. 45 minutes of that, I'm like, you know what? I'm moving on. I'm done with this. I'm not going to stay in this circle. Like, I can only, I don't know. Yep, yep. For, I think it's the lack of attention span, really, is what it comes down to. I'm just like, well, I'm just not going to stay mad. So I'm just going to move on. You can be mad. I, I, I do that too. Yeah. yeah. That you can does be work. mad. I'm, I'm going to get over it. Well, I'll take the advice. I will limit my anger to Sunday between 11 a.m. <laughs> One this PM. is the time I'm Just going to stab some pillows. And- limit, not- limit your anger to something profitable at least. Get <laughs> yes. really angry and then profit Get very thereby. angry about the guy who's screwing people over through deeds. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. And then turn it into an information. And then, then Charlie LaDuff is ass. I have a great email uh from that too. He said after I caught him and I emailed him, he just kept sending emails afterwards. It was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Just mocking me. I am Bank of America. I am. I saw, I saw a few of those. And I was yeah. like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Bank, I am Bank of America. I'm sure. And that's why you can't spell out the word you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not why really you also did a year in jail for fraud. Yeah. yeah. By the way. So. No, I'll take cool. your advice. That's good advice. I should take that. Well, you can see like, and, and we have someone on our team who's immensely talented and, um, but they they have these hurdles that they can't get over, so they never they are never able to realize their talent because they keep hitting this hurdle and hitting this hurdle. They're like a hurdle, you know. Life has hurdles, and you have to be able to jump over them. But if you keep hitting that first hurdle, you're not going to jump over. It. And I think that's you don't get you a momentum. Some extent, um, you've jumped over some hurdles, but the next hurdle is going to be a big hurdle in the sense that you need to change not just some but all of an outlook on the way things work. And the minute you do that, I think you could probably close anyone. So you were talking about in your world, yeah. everybody, and this is something you and I had a, a conversation offline about, is the person who closes is always the person who gets paid the most. Right? Yeah. Well, you're intelligent, incredibly talented on closing, and I'm not at all incredibly talented on closing, but why don't you just close more then? Yes. Of getting into all this other noise. Right? Well, close better. Or the, we are sitting together. More and, and better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clo- that's what I'm selling you, man. You got to close, you close a $250,000 house. It's a lot better than closing a $12,000 house. Well, yeah. trust me, I have him. I have Tommy, Mr. Tommy Desmond. Every week, it's like, I think he has a calendar. He won't tell me. 
But like he gets a calendar thing and pops like, oh yeah, I got to sell Jeremy today. He gets on, hey, how you doing? You know, boo, boo, boo. it's all good stuff too. And he's just fucking relentless. Like, Am I? Yes. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you know what? I got a thick head, you know, quite <laughs> frankly, if we're being, what, this had not, it's the 99D. I'm fucking stubborn. And sometimes <laughs> you have to throw 13 rocks at my head and it's not to the 20th one where you, you, you get it through. You're so. not the only one who says that. Like, apparently I do just like, if I randomly am thinking about somebody like, and like, I think that they like, there's a thing that they're really good at. Like, I'll just like start texting them on Facebook. And I'm just like, dude, you need to you need to do more of this because you're yes. awesome at this thing, and like you got to yes. stop That's fucking around and start That's building yeah. people up. Well, it's because it's just what's running through my and head. It's true. Like, and it's like you know when you're when you're not you, it's so obvious from the outside. Like, oh, this is do all these things and it'll be great. And it's like I don't know. It's just I well, guess he's going to be an agent that. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, you better. You guys. Keep your religious rants once you're what we're What we're going to need is you to... also to stay away from all of our spaces because you're a serious closer. <laughs> so you're going to have to go – you have to go to Novi or something. I or will we'll just put you to work. But we'll have to all the angry stuff yeah. on Facebook. How about yeah. that? That will yeah. cure that problem, right? Think, I think if you – But then what will you and Dennis have to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I think Dennis and I will be just fine, especially Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do notice that I get to him sometimes when I post it. The guy whose address is in blooming uh or uh, bloomfield hills but insists he lives in franklin <laughs> is that what it is i have no idea i've never been to his house all, all, what's all the, the difference all the rental properties that's what i don't understand <laughs> all the, the rental difference? properties point to one address that he insists he doesn't live at he lives in franklin i'm yeah. like okay you better that's why i don't know aren't if you guys they the saw same price point well you anyway? better, might want to check with the public record because a lot of mails getting sent to this one address yeah. i thought I'm they were the same pockets you're, you're lying yeah. but i'm not saying he you're won't telling miss the truth me I, I i don't think he will miss my rants and i need to stop it anyway and now I'll be an agent here in a couple of weeks. So, which I said office. I would never do, and here I am. So, why? Why anything? I'm because stupid. because we're the evil no, bureaucracy coming to oppress the free wholesalers. No, no, <laughs> I don't know. I just got it in my head. I never wanted to be an agent. And I wanted to be an investor, and for whatever. So because reason, we're all slimy and we've got our picture all over everything. Well, it helped meeting you guys. I right? hate <laughs> I hate park bench photos. I will never do that. Yes. Well, you. <laughs> Okay. I, I I am on my mailers. If you go to real to estate one and you walk in and you got guys sounds so bad, but you got fat housewives of America putting in there six hours a week and they're showing <laughs> you the house and they don't get you, you just gotta understand generally, though, Jeremy. Those those people cycle out within five years. I'm just saying last. it did not it's less than that. Yeah. I mean it's very few. For the six Almost minutes the I considered it, yeah. I tossed it out after yeah. eight or nine of those offices, and you're like, well, no. Why, why would I ever do that? I just go drown myself, right? I don't need help. <laughs> well, that's right. you got to go to an office of sharks, and that's why our office has grown from 80 to 280 in a year and a half you know, before I yeah. was there. The only reason I went there is because Tommy told me it was cheaper, A, and B. I'm like, well, Jim Schaefer's there. Okay, he does a lot of business. And I'm like, okay. And Mike Pernis with Keller Williams and Jeff Clever's with Keller Williams. I'm like... They're a lot smarter than me. I guess I Demora and Mark Z. <laughs> yeah, and oh, yeah. the Z. list just goes up. Yeah. And I put all these people on this huge pedestal, and you know, we'll outsell a fair amount of those people next year. You know what I mean? And Boom. it's like, Boom. <laughs> Boom. It's reality. I mean, I looked around, and I'm like, well, all the top people are with KW, and uh, they're smarter than me. And well, I think so seeing a successful business model, too, helped a lot. And losing everything a second time, like, well, maybe I should just reconsider my options. You know, more options pop open when you, when you, it wasn't on the board. It wasn't even a con, a contender before. And then I was like, well, no, everything's back on the table. The right? toughest thing for you is you're going to have to flip 
not only your license because there's real consequences. You're going to have to relearn what you can and cannot say. And um, you you can do it, right? What's that? Mm-hmm. You did it, right? But I I never did the wholesale thing first, so. Saying that this is no a neighborhoods good, this are safe. A, yeah, this is a good, this is a good safe neighborhood with great schools. No, yeah. I never say real that estate shit jail. Anyway. Well, yeah. you wouldn't down nope. there. No, nope. <laughs> I tell the truth. You know, is it bad? Yeah, it's Detroit, man. Yeah, but that's exactly why you can't. You can't say that either. Yeah. You can't say it's good or bad. Well, I could just stop yeah. saying I, you could say. Well, I would encourage you to drive it at night. <laughs> by yourself, <laughs> by yourself in a convertible. The Did you hear my wife throwing singles the out the I window? That, uh, I hope that picked up. <laughs> and then you can say, "Well, I'd encourage you to drive it at night, armed, just like I'd tell any client <laughs> by to yourself. drive their neighborhood yeah. at night, right? armed." So, yeah. you know, there's, there's. With well, I think that gun. I think that area has a, you know, my personal opinion is that area has a higher ceiling for appreciation than say the other area. Higher right, and that's kind of on the verge. So I would say I would even I would even change that. So I, I would say that area has a lot of appreciation potential. That's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> a lot, as in all. As well, in certain further areas away from zero, I mean, we can think of areas that have zero potential for appreciation. Well, you might be able to cash flow real well there. It's going to be pretty active income for you, but yeah, uh, the cash Detroit. flow will be great. Right, or you can say, "Well, you can cash flow okay there," and I think you have a lot of appreciation potential. I just don't think I'll say. I don't think I'll say anything like that because you want to buy it or you don't, right? Keep well, you got to add value, though. You're not an order taker, right? So mm-hmm. you got to add a little bit of value. So not a little bit. You should add the value you have because you don't want to be an order taker. That's the worst people in this business. Well, my client says that they want 220, right? But the accounts have in no the appraiser. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, what does oh, that mean? Oh, when was your client licensed? Yeah. Oh, they're not. Okay, so you're the licensed one. Great. Yeah. And the, I know you close a lot you know? of real estate. Actually, you don't. But I know you close a lot of real estate. And you and I both know from the comps here, we're not going to be able to. The appraiser, the, the appraiser's the bad guy. The appraiser's not going to be able to come to that value. You always need so. a bad guy. That's yeah. for sure. The appraisers yeah. are really easy targets. Yeah. Sorry, the appraiser, The appraiser's just not going to come to that value. My boss is always an asshole. I think the house is special, and it's better than every house out there. My but boss told me to go fuck doesn't myself. Care. So no, I say the same thing this. to our sellers. Well, it's great that you spent $30,000 in this $100,000 house kitchen, right? So, but, uh, and you used it and you, you really got a lot of use out of that $30,000 kitchen, the $100,000 house. But unfortunately, appraiser just isn't going to give you $30,000. We just bring math. We bring numbers. So you're big numbers. Yeah. I don't, honestly, in my listing appointment, I very rarely ever open the CMA. Yeah. I believe that. I, mine, mine was based on again, like I said, Bruce Hardy's, and I just uh, it was a, an, a, a it allowed me to preemptively handle a lot of objections just by the nature of the. And it's a really quick presentation, but it just kind of preemptively handles a lot of those pricing questions just because they see it. And I know a lot of guys that are huge, way better than me, like guys like Perna. He's making he's doing a lot more deals than me, that's for sure. And he's 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 like I show up, I've just got a piece of blank loose leaf paper. That's all I bring. I don't bring anything but but a blank sheet of paper to my. To my listing yeah, presentations. He he, we did a business planning clinic with him, and he's like, "Yeah, I bring I bring one or two sheets of paper." Oh, I'm sorry. He's like, "I bring three sheets of paper. I do this, this, and this." And he like basically draws this, you know, uh, his version of whatever the market stats were from the vision for Gary Keller's vision at family reunion that year. He's like, "Yeah, I just do a synopsis of it real quick with a pen." But he knows what the hell he's it. talking about, and you can tell he knows what the hell he's talking about. I think that's that that's really the premise know. is that he's so obviously an expert. We're different. We send the entire package in advance. We have a pre-list pack too, but so it doesn't I, have the CMA. In oh, it. it has everything. Yeah, every piece of paper. So I send 
every single document. And first, I ask a series of questions. I already know what the house is before I show up, so mm-hmm. I'm able to determine the value. Um, so once I'm done with that, I come to the realization of what it is, and I look at the comps, and then I break it down, including the seller net sheet, and I send every single thing in advance. So one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to find out what it's worth, and I'm going to find out what I think it's worth. And I'm, if there's a gap, I'm going to call in advance instead of wasting my time at that appointment. Yeah. Right? Well, hey, I'm seeing stuff's more around here. Is that something you're considering? No, I would never sell for that. Great. I'll call you when it's at the value you can get. Mm. You know? we'll, we'll, we'll touch base again in the spring and see where we're at. All right. So I put them in the funnel instead of going and wasting all the time at the house. And any objections that I'm going to get are typically going to come out in advance. Hey, did you get a chance to review the documents before I come out tomorrow? Appointment shouldn't take more than 30, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. And oh, yeah, I looked at everything. Looks great. Done. Sign on the line. It's like dotted. Right? Done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why would you not go with us? As far as I'm concerned, so I have the confidence to think. Why wouldn't you come and list with us? Right. So very rarely do I go on a real appointment that I pre qualified that we don't get. Mm. So, and I'm not bringing in the the non listings permits, but I don't see why my system would change at all. Even whether we're doing as, as many as I think we're going to close like 45 listings this year. Um, whether I'm closing 45 or 450, I mean, I really like the way we do it. And it plays into my personality, too. Someone mm-hmm. who's more numbers-based is going to be sitting there. And you can see the square footage and the house is per mile. <laughs> and the overall Troy values are, are this and the average square foot. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not talking about any of that. I'm like, good. You had a chance to review the CMA in advance like we talked about. Great. Push it off to the side. <laughs> I'm going to leave this for a copy for you, right? And then, okay, here's, this, here's the way the cost breakdown. Boom, here's our marketing plan. Great. Let's go on the listing docs. Boom, sign here. Thanks. Sign. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, well, thank you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we have. How long do we go? Oh, let's see. Where are we at? We're at uh, like two and a half hours. So we're going to wrap it up at about a buck 45, right? And we're, we're going to have 45 minutes. That's okay. Uh, it's yeah. good. It's good shit. It's good. When it's good, I don't mind going. That's why I like doing it the way I do it. I do want to thank you guys for coming out. Really appreciate it. I want to thank my guests, Tommy Desmond and Joe Delia, for their time today. And I encourage you to go check out what they're doing. For Tommy, go to TommyDesmond.com. TommyDesmond.com. At TommyDesmond at Twitter. Go to BiggerPockets.com forward slash user forward slash TommyDesmond. Or OaklandCountyInvestors.com. For Joe, Go to thedeliagroup.com, thedeliagroup.com, 248-733-5812. That is Michigan for the World Wide Web listeners. Or send them an email at info at thedeliagroup.com. You should definitely reach out and touch base with these guys. These guys are serious, stone-cold closers. They have good teams, and I learn a lot from them. And if you enjoy this podcast and you find it helpful, I would appreciate it if you gave it a like and shared it across the web all over the social medias. And if you have any comments or suggestions or some people I haven't interviewed or some questions I haven't asked, or maybe some clarification, I know this one was a maniac uh, interview process, but I think it's good. I think it's fun. Renegade Detroit investors, go to renegadedetroit.com, renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash renegade Detroit investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit investment club. Hit me up on Twitter at Jeremy Burgess. Hello. If you prefer to watch this instead of listen, go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. Those are slower. By the way, I am officially on iTunes and I will start putting links in there. It's as impressive. Well. Yeah, I saw that. Finally, with the help of my wife and her sister, I am on iTunes because I cannot figure out anything Apple shit for whatever reason. And as I wrap up this podcast, I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent. 
There are a lot of distractions, mistakes, poisonous people, bad habits, bad families, hell, bad economy. Stick with it. Don't give up. Do something every day that gets you closer to your goals, even if it's one step. I do want to say I thank you for listening, and I do really appreciate your attention, and I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Until then, crush it.